0: This is the Patriots Catch 22 podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I'm Evan Lazar. 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 Hello, everybody. Just nailed it. Joined as always 22. by our
1: Barth.
0: That's a bit. That's a match. No risk. It, no risk. It. 22. Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. Throw the ball against the Saints on third and short. Yes. I can't tell if you're making fun of me or you're actually no, trying I'm to, stick trying with to it. follow. I have it on a table here. Do you want to see it? No, I just want you okay. to keep going. When. T- <laughs> This when, is
1: when we need a whiteboard on right. the show. When
0: teams throw the ball against the Saints on third and short, yes. they are converting a first down 33% of the time. That's not good. When they run the ball against the Saints on third and short, 22. 62% of the that time. That is good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, I, I not that you don't, you know, I'm not trying to say, like, you don't know any stats, but, like, usually it's me that's, like, you know, bringing the spreadsheet to the podcast. Well, that's a very so. tangible stat. Yeah, that's true. We talked about this this earlier. I I got I got a uh, as people could imagine, we got a bunch of stuff on our mind. But uh, we were talking earlier about the Herald story that came today, Alex, uh, with Andrew Callahan and Doug Kide, you know, a lot of information there. Uh, Some of it that I think we could have probably gleaned. On our own, right, like the Patriots have receivers that don't get open and an offensive line that doesn't block anybody and a quarterback that's broken. Like, I think we all, like we all knew that. Right. Uh, but one of the pieces of information we don't have to get into it, but I knew it would, would grind your gears uh, was uh, they mentioned that the Patriots are, are not at the forefront. I don't know what the way to phrase this. And they
0: said they didn't use analytics. So, okay. Yeah. They said they didn't use analytics. <laughs> First off, by the way, that rant I had last week, Yeah, five third and shorts last week for the Patriots. They threw it four times, and they ran that fuccoked fake tush push on the other one. So, yeah. so much for the numbers there. Uh, uh, on that, the... that, that, that could have been a touchdown
1: if Ramondre gets the ball.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of things could have been. Um, I'm just saying, like in terms yeah. of, like it was really no, they well called. They definitely like... set it up well. They only ran like 30 tush pushes to set it up oh, to start God. the season. I don't know if I like the name tush push, but it, like, keep... I, I, I here's the thing. I don't think the. And by the way, they ran it when they were down 34 nothing. So great time yeah. to break that out. Um, I don't think the NFL likes the term tush-push, so that's why I'm so committed to continue using it. Okay. Um, on the Herald story, uh, so you know where I'm at with, like, anal- when I say analytics, the math, I'm talking about— Win
1: probability models.
0: Win probability, EPA, yeah. CPO, anything that has expected in it, or <laughs> theoretical, or hypothetical— they brought up in that article like next-gen stats, yeah, which is – Like player tracking. Dude. Right. Player, A guy running 20 miles an hour, he's running 20 miles an hour. Yeah. It's very tangible. I have no problem with – that stuff should be used. That stuff's great. Yeah, It's when you get into the hypothetical, theoretical, expected that you just totally lose me, and I think it's nonsense. But the next-gen stats stuff, they absolutely should be using. Every team should be using yeah. that. I'm not saying it should be the be-all, end-all, but it's – I mean, I, it's information. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's a good way of putting it. So
1: that wasn't at the top of my mind. I have a couple of things that are at the top of my mind. I, I I didn't really know. Like usually, I we you know I try to set the table, have something like an opening take. Yeah, back uh, when you thought the show it, was going to start having order. To no, be. no, no, no. It does. It does. I I It I don't, doesn't have to. It's really okay. No, it has order. It, it has order. Uh, it is it my OCD makes it so. Uh, here's the thing. I I don't know where to go with this because if you and i'm telling saying you as in you the people you the listeners if you guys want to call into the show today and ask us big picture questions who's the next head coach who's the next gm who's the next quarterback i understand i'm fine with that we'll answer those questions we'll talk about those things if you want to listen to how do they fix this this season i'm cool with that too we can talk about that also how do they be you know more competitive this year if you want them to tank for the number one overall pick fine if you want them to try to piece this thing together to be better on the field this season and this week against the raiders also fine we're gonna give you both we're gonna give you both but here's here's my my big opening thing and this is recent now and uh this kind of puts a little bit more direction in my mind because you know those two things are so polar opposite like right. let's talk about next year and in the future or let's talk about this week against the raiders it couldn't be more on either side of the of the thing jerry judy jerry judy is apparently according to i think multiple reports it's safe to say at this point available and likely to be moved before the yeah. nfl trade deadline yeah so on some levels i've i've gotten this this pushback on 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 the x machine already Why would you give up draft capital to help this team? Why would you let Bill Belichick make any more trades? Why would you make a trade that would make this team better and maybe put you in a spot where instead of the second overall pick in the draft, you're picking 15th again? And like, what's the point in that, right? And my my whole thing with all of that is that Jerry Judy is somebody that we've both been clamoring for because of his skill set. He's a good player. Good player. Good route runner gets open against man coverage, which this team can't do and is in dead last in the league right now in production against man coverage. This is one of the best man coverage beaters in the league. Jerry Judy. He is
0: his route running is that we talk about a carrying trait, right? Yeah. What may, what makes his ability to separate on a route on his own is, is his caring trait. He is top 15 in the league in that As, regard. He's a technician. Yeah.
1: He's a route-running technician. He's got that PhD in route-running. And he's pretty good with the ball in his hands, too, after the catch. So my whole thing with Jerry Judy is in all likelihood acquiring Jerry Judy... Well, let me first say this. You're not trading your first-round pick for Jerry Judy.
0: You're not trading your first-round pick for anybody. At You're
1: all not like. trading... No one's trading a first-round pick for Jerry Judy. You don't Nobody. think a contender would? No, like the Chiefs. No,
0: oh, I can see the Chiefs doing.
1: I don't. They, if they if they had a first-round pick on the table for Jerry Judy, he wouldn't be a Bronco
0: anymore. I'm saying you get a few weeks. Of, all right, yeah, fair enough. Fair They're
1: enough. they not. No one's trading a, a first-round pick for Jerry Judy. So you're talking at most a second-round pick, a day two pick. So that with that out of the way, if you're the idea of, of to me of trading for Jerry Judy, is a long-term play it's long-term he's 24 years old he's 24 so you give him a contract extension you trade a a a mid-round pick for him third round pick second round pick whatever it takes and whether it's mac jones throwing him the football in 2024 or it's michael Penix throwing him the football in 2024 what difference does it make what difference does it make either way jerry judy is making the quarterback and the offense better period full stop he's making them better that's all that matters whether it's drake may michael penix mac jones kyler murray whoever's throwing him the ball next year it makes the team better i would also mention that this drives me up a wall people's attachment to non-first-round picks drives me up a wall alex because it's we we do this all the time on the show because it's it's a good bit. Yeah, it's the Family Guy mystery box. Yeah, you could have Jerry Judy, or you could draft a receiver in the third round, and he might be as good as Jerry Judy. Right. So I, I w- like what is the infatuation with the draft picks? I'm not saying that the Rams do it right, and the Rams say f the picks and they no, trade they're, all. They're, there's them. a happy medium. There's a happy medium. And no one's sitting here today saying that the pay. I would actually say that they shouldn't be trading their first or second round
0: pick for Jerry Judy. So that's I. I wouldn't trade the second. Now maybe if it's Jerry Judy and a third for like a second. Yeah. I. It, you know, you're getting. You're not. They should not lose any top 100 picks. I would trade a third for Jerry Judy. Might trade a third, but I he, would. So here's the thing: if we're going to really blow this up and talk about this down the road like that, yeah. Um. The Patriots are not getting the first overall pick. That's just not going to happen. I know a lot of people think it is. It's not. uh, The Bears hold the trump card right now because they have their pick and the Panthers pick. So a lot of people are like, oh, they need a tank so they can get Caleb May or whatever. It's not all about, like, tanking in the NFL. You don't need the second overall pick to get the second best player in the draft. And what I mean by that, or you don't need the second worst record, sorry, to get the second best player in the draft. It's as much about how you position yourself to move up the board. Yeah. And that's why like I'm I'm not as hesitant to part ways with a third round pick is like, oh, it's a third round pick you're turning into a great player, but like, are you gonna if if, if they want to move it in the top five, take a quarterback and they're sitting there at like seven, is that the pick you're gonna need and now you don't have it? But, but that also goes to another point.
1: You can trade from future years.
0: You can trade for fu- from future years, but I, I would add as well. So one, I, I would try to trade future year picks for Jerry Judy. The other thing is, this is where you talk about what are they going to do with some of the guys on the team now that are on expiring contracts. Yeah. And if you... Um, somebody did this a couple years ago. Like, they traded for a guy that was on a long-term deal. like I mean, long-term, but with Judy, multi-year deal. And then they traded away another player on expiring contract and got, like, the equivalent of that pick back. So they essentially – it wasn't – they didn't get a better player in the circumstances were a little different, but, like, they extended the window. Yeah. So if you were to trade, like, a third for Jerry Judy and then trade, like, one of the expiring players, Hunter Henry. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, Josh Uche, yeah. and maybe, like, a fifth for a third. Well, now you, you still have the same number of third-round picks you always had. Like, that would be –
1: Can I can – I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah.
0: I just I, – I, 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 the real value in those picks to me, and this is a unique situation. Is to trade up. If they need a quarterback, because you're not talking about trading up like like we usually do with them from like 20 to 15. Right. We're talking about going from like 7 to 2 or 3, and that's where you do want to be able to position yourself a certain way.
1: All right, so we're both, I think, in lockstep that we would offer a third-round pick for Jerry Judy, and that's the mo- that's the highest we'd go.
0: I might do like a second for Jerry Judy and a third. Okay, something I, I, like I don't that. know if the Broncos would do that. Okay, fair enough.
1: So let, let's just let's just you know call it a third round pick. Sure. Here's the Patriots' last five third round picks. Oh, you came ready. Are you ready for this? Oh, I just pulled this up. Great. Can I it, hang on? Hang on.
0: Marte Mapu. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh Marcus Jones. Yep. All right. So then I got to go back to Mac Jones draft class. That would be Ronnie Perkins. Yep. Uh, 2020, they had two that year, right? Three? Uh, uh, Uche, no, Uche was second. Anthony Jennings. Yep. Oh, and the two tight ends. Yep. And, and, and Keen and Asi Asi, and now where am I, 18? 19. 19? Yeah. 19, so that's Nikhil Harry draft. That would, was Chase Winovich third? I think it was Chase yep. Winovich, right? Third round, right? Chase Winovich. And then Damian Harris was the fourth round.
1: No, third round.
0: Oh, they were both third round picks? And Yadny Kajust.
1: Okay. So... To summarize, Marty Mapu, yeah. Marcus Jones, Ronnie Perkins, Anthony Jennings, Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keen, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, Yadni Kajust. Woof. And you guys are worried about giving up a third-round pick for that I, collection of am, talent? Am I
0: allowed to be worried about it and losing an asset to move up in the first round? No,
1: you're not. Why? I'll tell you why. Two reasons one you there's a million different ways to to split that at him, right okay. like you can trade from future years, you can trade two fourths instead of a third, like there's a million different ways to to cut up that pie two, who's the gm of the team because if it's the same guy that's sitting in the chair right now, you and I both know well and good that he ain't
0: trading up in the first round well, he's not taking a quarterback either, but he's not trading up, yeah so well no he he's going to hold on to the third because that's where they're going to take the quarterback that's where they're oh, going to take like uh the
1: bottom line is is that Jerry Judy makes your team better now Tyler ma- van dyke he makes your he makes your team better in the future and stop obsessing over the draft picks stop okay moving on from that and you can call in I, and weigh in on that one if you caveat want. on all that no yeah yes no yes there's no caveat yes no
0: you have to have to have to Sign him long term. I know. I, uh, you yes, can't let yes. him walk after 2024, yeah, because that defeats the entire purpose. Yes,
1: but that that's where I would I would like to think that macro, uh, assuming that macro is still going to be here in 2024, yeah. uh, maybe he can sit there and say to Bill, like, "Come on, like we're giving I just, him I just, the money." If, if
0: they make that trade and then let him walk, that's a total mis a mismanagement of assets.
1: I, I don't disagree. Okay. Okay. Just, let me put that. So guy let, let, let's. That's the Jerry Judy take from me and, and from Alex. If you want to call in and disagree, you want to email in and disagree or agree, uh, we can still talk about Jerry Judy for the rest of the show. But I have, I have four things, Alex, four things that I would do to fix the offense right now. Okay. And it doesn't include Jerry Judy, right? We're not talking right. about external additions. Internal, internal moves. Internal moves. So I'm going to read them off one okay. by one, and then you can tell me your opinion. All right. Number one starts up front right offensive line has got, to start up front offensive line has to get better Yep. so when the head coach goes on sunday and monday and wednesday kind of uh his whole mantra and the mantra around the team right now in the building is start all over right start all over like just forget about the great last great chris weeks.
0: stapleton song no idea who that is guess start, you did.
1: <laughs> actually I, I knew what you were doing and i still let it get to me <laughs> uh start all over right so in the interest of starting all like what does that mean to you? Start all over. I got this question a lot. Like what's that mean to you? Start all over. To me, what that means is let's go back to the spring and training camp day one. What was our team? What was our installation? What were the plays that we were running? And that's what we're going to do. Right. And in lo- in that vein, when it comes to the offensive line, starting all over to me is going back to, march what you thought you had along the offensive line these were our penciled in five starters along the offensive line so therefore i think and i would even go as far to say that it's ridiculous if this isn't the case okay from left to right yeah trent brown mm-hmm. assuming healthy cole strange yeah david andrews mike on who i think is going to play riley reef
0: is riley reef healthy I think Riley Reef's good. I, I don't know. He's been limited. He's I mean, he played last week. Kind of standing off to the side during stretching. He'll be all right. He played a little. I think he's healthy enough to play. I don't think he's healthy enough to play 100. percent I think you have to rotate him.
1: Okay. I don't want to get too okay. caught up in I, like I, health I, again, and stuff. Why not Riley Reef?
0: I would. I would still put Riley Reef at, at guard, Mike, and would tackle. But sure,
1: it's not going to happen. It's see that. That's why I didn't like go that way. because it's not. You're happen. right. It's not
0: going to happen. But I still feel like we have to say it.
1: All right. I think that if you're if you're truly starting
0: all over but and I, I that's starting all over we, we talk about the best five that you know maybe something changes at left guard but more or less that's your best five
1: yes that's your best five and i think one of the few bright spots from that debacle against the Saints was that I thought Riley Reef played okay I thought Riley Reef looked solid I thought he looked like what's the word I, like twitchy almost you know like he he mo- was moving well. And he was sudden with his movements, and he was able to redirect and stay in front of guys. Had a really, really good one-on-one rep against Brian Breeze, who's the Saints' first-round pick. Brian uh, yeah, Breezy. Breeze. Whatever. whatever. Uh, What's fir- his name? Uh, first-round pick, and uh, you know, uh, Breezy tried to spin-move him, shut it down. I thought he was really good in that game uh, against New Orleans. And he's got to be in your starting lineup. If if they don't think he can play tackle anymore because of the the stuff we saw in the summer, the foot speed, that kind of thing, then maybe he's left guard, right? But he's got to he's got to play he's got to be in the starting five. Uh, that's where I would if you're gonna start all over, like that's starting all over to me. Uh, starting all over and 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 rolling with like the young guys like Antonio mafi and City. So how's that? That's not starting all over. That's. That's not. Been, I did no. think
0: it was interesting to go back to that Herald piece. Um, they, it doesn't say from a source, but it sounds inform in like it's almost like they're sit, they're reporting it without really reporting it, that Cole Strange is facing a challenge for his job for right. Moffy.
1: from
0: Mafia. Oh, from so I I Moffy's so tough, and we're gonna get
1: to like three up, three down here in a little bit. Mafia's tough because. He was he was okay against is
0: currently in a battle for his starting Cole Strange currently in a battle for a starting job with fifth round rookie Antonio Maffey.
1: I mean that's fair. But maffi was uh he was good against Dallas, or I shouldn't say good. He 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 held his he treaded water against Dallas, right? Like I thought that He wasn't was, bad. The film yeah, the film was some progress. He was terrible against New Orleans. Uh he just he doesn't have I, I, the feel and the instincts yet I, I think because of the lack of playing time at the position uh, going back to college uh, which Belichick talked about last week in his press conference when he was giving him credit for for learning but uh, line movement stuns, twists blitzes things like that like he doesn't know how to pick them up yet he just doesn't yeah. he, he doesn't know uh, so I, I still think he's not ready all right so that's number one though start all over on the offensive line put the five guys out there that not only I think are the best five that you have on paper, but as the original penciled in, this is what we were going to go into the season with offensive line before all the injuries and all the other stuff happened. All right. Number two. And I think that this is uh really important moving forward. Let the kids play at wide receiver. I play them all. And when I, and I include Taekwon with the kids, right? Taekwon Uh, I know Pop Douglas probably not going to play in this game on Sunday, but this is just in general. Uh, Taekwon, Douglas, Booty should be active. Booty should be active. Uh, He should play over Juju. If you're not playing Booty over Juju, it's because you paid Juju. That's the only reason. It's the only reason. The only guy out of this receiver room that deserves to keep playing is Kendrick Bourne. Everybody else should be riding the pine for the younger guys. Uh, the more explosive options, and also obviously the guys that are going to develop, hopefully, or maybe not, but cl- we'll see. You include
0: Malik Cunningham? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think that expands beyond the receivers. I understand, you know, maybe with the line it's a little tricky, but I would give Mafia a chance to win that job against Cole Strange, but uh, I, I'm not doing it with the uh, because this is an in interest of fixing it. Okay.
1: And I think the reason why I say play the kids, and I know I brought out the developmental thing, maybe you just I think they're better. I think they're better. Okay,
0: I I would say play the kid like, uh, um, Marte Mop, who's only played like twenty percent of the snaps this year. Yeah, and some of that is because he's a passing down player, and they keep falling in these big holes, and teams are running the ball. But like, play him, play Keon White, another guy that should play. I, I'm all for playing the kids, but yeah, at wide receiver, I they they might help you right now.
1: Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster have given you
0: zilch, nothing, nada. I mean, there, there was that one ball against the Saints. I mean. And Parker did a good job of getting himself in position to catch it, and he just didn't close his hands. It yeah. just went right through his hands, and he didn't make. And he didn't like make any effort to go up and get it. Or sorry, he made the effort to go up and get it, but he didn't make any effort to actually make the catch once he got up there. And it was like, what are we doing here? He's one on one all the time, and he and he doesn't win, right? Because teams
1: are are begging Mac Jones to throw the ball outside the numbers. Yeah, and he's so it. it Parker's one on one all the time. He doesn't win. Juju, we know. We don't have to like beat a dead horse. Like Juju is is been terrible for them um
0: all right so play the youngins born born thornton Thornton. uh, for this week born thornton booty who's lining up where
1: uh i would play born at the z yeah i'd uh, play booty as a third receiver and i'd play taekwondo at the x
0: okay i yeah Prob. i i'd play taekwondo at the x in 12 i would almost play when you go to 11 I'd kind of put Taekwon in the slot just to get him some free releases. Yeah, that's and fine. maybe it's born at the X, maybe it's booty. They can kind of just go back and forth between yeah. the, the yeah. X and the Z. I'm
1: not like too caught up in like where exactly they'll play. I think Bill O'Brien will figure that piece of it out. But I'm just, I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, because I'm, I I'm, I'm thinking Tyquan, about it for this week. Like Taekwon's not the savior, right? Like we know no. that Tyquan's not the savior. But for starters, Parker's given you zilch. Right. Parker has given you nothing, and I think that there's something to be said for the fact that Taekwon
0: can at least run through a defense. Like, it might happen. Like, he might just run well, through the defense. Well, I, I think you're looking for, can he be a contributor? Maybe yeah. he's not a coverage dictator, but if he can show you enough that he can be your third or fourth receiver, does that help them this year? I don't know, but we, we've talked about what next year is going to look like. Parker and Juju are really the only receivers under contract are they still going to be here? Yeah. And then Thornton, and that's it. Uh, uh, In the rookies. Like Bourne's yeah. contract's up right. So how many receivers do you have to go get next year? If you know Thornton can at least be a depth guy, it's not great for the 50th overall pick, but hey, it's something. Yeah. And w- it's one less guy you have to add.
1: And if even if he can also just be – I'm not as concerned with Tyquan with volume as I am with, like, actual impact of the spacing and the ability to threaten the safety to keep the safety over the top and like how it opens up the the middle of the field, maybe a little bit just by having somebody on the outside that can actually run by somebody one-on-one. It's not like I am not, no, I don't expect because of what we've seen for Taekwon to ever develop into like a high volume producer, but I also don't need him to do that necessarily. Right. I just need him to be a threat out on the football field. So the offensive line configuration, go back to the March offensive line configuration play the kids i also just would say quickly about booty i saw enough from booty in the summer to think at this point when it comes to like the quick hitters the slants the screens off rpos all this stuff that they're trying to feed to juju i just think booty's a more explosive player at this at this point yeah absolutely So, so i think he's better suited to catch some of those passes if that's what you're still gonna do all right so those are my two things so far number three i think hunter henry is your only consistent option probably your best option at this point kendrick
0: Bourne's kind of in there but
1: i think kendrick Bourne is more uh there's more boom to his game but there's not as much consistency to him okay game. hunt i i believe that everything in the passing game needs to, to funnel through hunter henry yeah yeah everything
0: he's there i mean he needs to i want to say he needs to be in the julie nettleman role not like he x's needs to and be, o's wise he needs but to be the chain mover he needs to be 10 to 12 targets a game
1: yeah and he needs to be the chain mover like when it's yeah. third down you know that first third down of the game uh, last week against the saints uh, the, the route that mac threw to him is really just like clearing it out like he's not even really the first read in the progression necessarily it's a clear out route he's running through the middle of the field to take the linebacker and the safety out of the window for the crosser to Devontae parker i don't want him clearing out i want right the ball going to hunter henry right so hunter henry i think needs to be whatever way you want to call it like the number one reading the progression the the concept needs to be set up for hunter henry like he's got to be your go-to volume guy in this offense because the receivers i think kendrick Bourne's like like i just said a, a good big play guy. And I don't mean like he's going to hit a 70 yard touchdown, but you get, you catch my drift. Yeah. Like he's one of those types of guys that can make some high, vol- high impact plays, but not necessarily high volume plays. The volume pass catcher in this offense for you is Hunter Henry. So he needs to be the third down chain mover. He needs to be the guy that you set up to win man to man. Like that's the guy that I'm funneling the offense through right now. So that's number three, number four, last one here. And this one, I I, ca- I cannot stress enough, is something that I just can't figure out about this entire team. Ty Montgomery needs to be the third down back. Yes. They need Ty Montgomery to be the third down back. I don't understand why they d- they don't want to do this. I don't understand why he's playing wide receiver. I don't get any of the usage with Ty Montgomery to this point. He has shown in last summer, in o- the opening week of that uh, season last year, and this summer, that he's a decent third down back and I need to see him in that role. I think that this offense is starving for the check downs, the dump offs into the flats, the one-on-ones against the linebacker and having somebody that can actually get open and I don't think Zeke and Ramondre are getting the job done in that sense. I think that they take too long to get into their routes. I think that Mac doesn't know if they're on an option. Are they breaking in? Are they breaking out? And he's waiting. He's holding the ball a lot, trying to throw the football to them, waiting for them to get out of the backfield, waiting for their route to declare just too much time taken. Ty Montgomery I, I, has got to be the third down back. So those are the four things that I would do.
0: Yeah, you know where I'm at with Montgomery. I agree with you yeah. on that. I mean, he had that bad drop this week, but that's not – you can't be sending it's, time Montgomery on Montgomery on goal like,
1: balls. Yeah, I'm, well, it was a crosser, but he's playing wide receiver.
0: And, I, like, and again, just... so I would add a couple things to that. One, here we go again. I, you want to guess where I'm going with this? No. Just get in I formation or single back uh-huh. and just hand the ball off like that. No no more fake tush push. No more running out of shotgun. No more oh, – yeah. <laughs> remember like Pot Warner? Remember yeah. twenty-two dive yeah. two back two. I know that's not how plays are called at this level, but like twenty-two. Can I get a twenty-two dive? Right, something like that. Yeah. Run the ball like that. Um, that's really the only thing I'd add. I, I they they need. They're not going to be able to win games throwing the ball forty times a game. They need yeah. some sort of semblance of a running game. and the running game, the way it's constructed right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think that. In a lot of ways, like I I kind of put that all together with the offensive line take. Okay. You know, it's all kind of goes together. Uh, I do think that based off of, uh, you know, some of the things that, you know, I've talked to some of the players about this week, you know, I asked a couple guys, all right, well, Bill O'Brien said that there's going to be tweaks. He didn't say that there's going to be like wholesale changes, but he said that there's going to be tweaks. And I think some of the things that they are going to try to tweak uh, is, you know, less less tosses less outside zone like let's trying to hit the outside and just letting these guys these big guys like on whenu vidarian low uh trent brown like just fire off the ball if it's mafia guard like just fire off the ball right like right. to your point it's not not as much of the side to side not as much as the movement block but just gap and just run ahead right like that's sort of going to be sort of the goal i think more this week and and the raiders defense like you should be able to run the ball a little bit on that interior d line so i'm with you on that but those are the things that i would try to do now there's no quick fixes they have a personnel issue they have a talent issue on this team we all know that yeah so it's not going to that's not going to fix itself overnight but if you start to think about some of the things that the team can do to make it better i think that's where you have to start it's obviously, like I said, it's not, not going to be the number one scoring offense in the league the rest of the way just because you make Ty Montgomery the third down back. We, Boy, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? We are all aware of that. Uh, but in terms of what they can do in the in, on the micro level to, to try to make this at least look like an NFL offense, uh, those are some of the places uh, that I would start. Uh, big picture-wise, really quickly before we open the phones. I think my like my one thing with the big picture on this team. I don't know if you agree with this, Alex. I I, I was walking. In, I think we walked out together on on Sunday after the game. Yeah. And I, I fully admit I said this yesterday. I think on playbook, like I was like, fire everybody, right? Like fire everybody. Uh, but at the same time, I I do think that we need to take a step back and take a deep breath. And I think that this is one thing. And I'm not saying like because they're going to turn the season around and make the playoffs. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I think this is one thing that uh you know separates an owner like, like Mr. Kraft with people that cover the team like us and fans, right? Is that the knee jerk reaction to fire bill on Monday morning because they lost 34 to nothing that didn't happen because you got to see the forest through the trees, right? You can't just react. So knee jerk to everything. I would just say that at this point, we all know, I think where I'm leaning. I think I know where you're leaning, but I won't speak for you in terms of the future of the team and the head coach. I am certainly leaning towards a full reset. But with that being said, I do want to see the entire body of work. I do want to see the entire body of work. I don't think that uh, in season firing is the right way to go about this, but I, I I'm leaning towards that being the end outcome here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But let's see what it looks like, you know, in January, right? Let's just, Let's give it a breath, and uh, and let's see what it looks like. If it still looks like a train wreck, then he's gone. Like
0: that's, that's... well, I I mean, how many games are you gonna lose by th- if by thirty consecutively? Right, that's kind of what it comes down to. Can they be better this week? And then what happens when you get to Buffalo and Miami? No, it's you, you got to see the whole picture. Definitely, I there there I I don't know that there needs to be like a rush to make a change. There's maybe a little inherent value if you wanted to see somebody on your staff as an interim. You yeah. have that, but. Um, I don't know that it was so much a gut reaction to that game as it was the last two weeks. What so it makes it tough for me, and I'm I'm the guy that's the optimist. I'm the guy that's always sitting here. You know, you make fun of me for being too positive. True. It's it would be one thing if the issues as weird as this sounds. If the issues were things we didn't expect, I would almost feel better. Yeah. Like let's say, let's say instead of you know the offense being bad and the defense looking pretty good, let's say that they were losing all these games like 60 to 50. Right. I would almost – I'd feel better because I'd be like, that's really weird. (laughs) But, hey, we know this defense can do it, and uh, they'll probably turn it around and look at this, look at what the offense is doing. We've been saying since March, Evan. Yeah. The offensive line is going to do this team in. Right. And what has happened? The offensive line has done this team in. So, to me – all they've done to this point is confirm priors, and that's where I think it's a little again. Totally, you want to see the, the the forest for the trees, but at this point, I want to
1: see the full picture. I, I but maybe that, we're but not looking
0: at the whole forest. Yeah, but there's a lot of trees in front of us right now. And
1: that, and, and that's you know, I, every chance I get, I, I have said this is not an overnight issue, right? No. Like this isn't just about two games. This isn't just about some you know a bad was it now like 11 day stretch or something like that? Uh, this has been brewing and this has been building and the, in the personnel side of things particularly is, uh, is problematic. Uh, they, they're right now, uh, they're not a very good talent evaluating team. They don't evaluate talent very well. They have really not made a single
0: good offensive move on this team in like five years. Yeah, this has been my take. Uh sorry, this this has been my take. What was the last good offensive personnel move the Patriots made? And I, I like, like Mac we, Jones we we outside. both liked Zeke, yeah. but that was like good for the city. I was like, all right, yeah. the situation is what it is. You made the right move. The
1: only good move that they've made in the last 5 years and I know it hasn't turned out good, yeah. but it was the drafting Mac was the right move at the so
0: time. So, I I would argue that they are they've made one good move since. Yeah. And it was about forty hours later when they drafted Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, was I mean, a good like
1: pick. like drafting Christian Gonzalez was a good pick too. I said offensive. I like oh, okay. offensive. The yeah. last
0: like you look at what they've done since, and I don't even know that like some of it is 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 misidentifying talent. Yeah, but some of it's also just a lack of trying. Who? When's the last time they put a? And I define premium asset as a top fifty pick or. In free agency, making a player five highest paid at their position yeah, in the league. Yeah. When's the last time they put a premium asset in a tackle position? Yeah. It's Isaiah Wynn. They've this play-
1: is something that I also think that like we've talked about. but yeah. it, it just to echo your point. There, there was there was a time in in place in Bill Belichick's tenure with the Patriots where they always used to be a step ahead of these things. Yeah. Uh, you know, at tackle, obviously the one that we always talk about is Nate Solder, Matt Light to Nate Solder right they drafted Matt uh, Nate Solder a year before Matt Light retired Nate Solder I think he played some right tackle his rookie year and some tight because Volmer got hurt sixth offensive line tight end thing but really he was a backup Volmer was at right tackle Matt Light was at left tackle those guys were entrenched starters they're good players for the Patriots but they still drafted Nate Solder in the first round because they knew Matt Light was going to retire
0: even even at a less impact position they went I mean it was seamless Kevin Falk yeah. to Shane Varine, to Danny Woodhead, to James White. Oh, they it would really boom, boom, really boom, boom, use a boom. Danny, a Danny
1: Woodhead. And, right and about
0: now. I I don't even know and James White was an important player for this offense and that's an important yeah. role for it, it's not like they dra- tried to draft his replacement or sign his replacement in whiffed. What was the plan? Yeah. To re- like was it Ty Montgomery? I don't think it was cuz they they'd be playing him there. Yeah, so Was they, it Pierre Strong? I, Guy yeah. caught 19 passes in college. Yeah. Again, it goes to that point where they, have, they haven't they have invested at all in tackle. They made one investment in wide, re- in wide receiver. It missed, but they made one. What do you think it's going to look like? And you look at the guys they've had leave. How many of these big-name players that left, you can't find, even the attempt, the one-for-one one to replace, a lot of them you can't even find the attempt.
1: Yeah, it, it, and just I think we harp a lot of, on the drafting. But their pro-personnel evaluation on offense has been terrible, No, it's too. the
0: whole thing. Again, it, it, it's like I said, the premium asset. There, there's such a thing as a premium asset at wide receiver. And people will, will talk about, you know, one, people will talk about Hunter Henry. Well, that was technically before Mac, but I would say that was a good move. Um, people will bring up Devontae Parker. He's not – I don't think he's in the top 20 highest paid receivers in football right now. No. Nelson Aguilar was like the 25th highest paid receiver when they signed up. People talked about that. Oh, they gave Nelson Aguilar a big contract. That's not a big contract for wide receiver in today's game. Right. Juju Smith-Schuster is the 36th highest paid wide receiver yeah. in football. Those are not premium assets. they are also just bad evaluations of the player. Like, the day port,
1: I'm, I'm trying not to like pile on them too much about the Jacoby for Juju thing because I was wrong about that too. But – I was wrong about it sitting in this chair in this studio talking to you about it. I'm not running the football team, right? Like, it, right. It, and I'm not saying that that makes me like, it, it's better, but it is kind of better, right? Like it's,
0: you're supposed to know more than me. They're supposed to prove us wrong. Yeah. We're supposed to be here. The media loud mouth saying what we think and everybody in the comments, who are these guys, you know, leave yeah. it to the professionals and yeah. then they do the right thing and everybody rips us on Twitter. Right. That's the natural order.
1: So they had all the information I had about probably said and i'm not exonerating myself i'm just saying they should have been right and i should have been wrong and they were wrong too that's a problem Johnu smith is having a a much better year in in atlanta so you could talk about that being like a usage thing but i think that that's part of gming right is knowing how you're gonna use a player
0: yeah i you know i always say this you gotta have whether you're drafting a player whether you're signing a player you need to have outside like maybe you know, like day three guys, you're just drafting for potential, whatever. Yeah. But whether you're gonna draft a player, whether you're gonna sign a player, like with a premium asset. What is the plan? We talk yeah. about this a lot. People call in and say, you know, I like so and so prospect. We did this with, with Quentin Johnson, right? Yeah. People and he's been good in LA.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, he's been fine in LA. There there are people who called in and were like, Yeah, we like Quentin Johnson. We sat here and said, Yeah, he's a good player, but is he gonna play? What is the path to him making them a better team? And there were other good players with more clear of a path. It does felt like at times they've added guys just to add them. And I mean, I Johnny Smith, Nikhil Harry, uh, there's some guys on defense as well that it's like uh, Jalen Mills, Juwan Williams. What was the plan there? Yeah. Are we just adding the player to Adam?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I just, it's all of it. Like, we, I think we harp on the draft, and this isn't about like my take earlier about Jerry Judy, but I, I think we harp a lot on the draft picks because the drafting has been bad outside of a, a few isolated instances. Uh, maybe more recently it's been a, a little bit better than it was in, let's like, say, like 16 to 18, but the 2022 draft is not better than anything. Right? That, that, that brings uh, it right. right.
0: 21 was good. This year's looks good. Yeah, uh, uh, this year looks okay.
1: I mean, Christian Gonzalez looked great.
0: Christian Gonzalez looks great. I, they'll hit on one of Mapu and White. I think the yeah. jury's still out, but there's enough I, I with each so, one that I think one of those guys So I think through. they might
1: both, like, technically hit, but are either one of them an impact player. Yeah, I I think you, you've seen flashes from the. T- I don't think I think both of those guys are are role players in a and right. a defense that knows how to use role players. Well, you know, right? you, like, you I'm just, not saying that right. as like a, a horrible. Thing. You, you
0: just read off all the third round picks the last few years. They're taking if they styles. get role players from those picks, yeah. and then Demario yeah. Douglas might be something. So it's like you know, yeah, I I, I do think there's a, a misconception that a good draft means like at all the players are yeah, like yeah, yeah. 6 of 7, 5 of 7. Sure. If if 50% of your players become like solid contributors from a draft, you you want it, you always want to hit on your first. You generally have two day 3 picks. You want to hit of two two. you want to hit on two of those three.
1: Yeah.
0: And then one or two on day 3. Yeah. If about half your draft class becomes contributing players, you had a solid draft. You do better get a solid draft. I think that this, they hit on their first round pick, I, I feel like there's a decent chance one of those two day 2 guys turns into something. And then they have Demario Douglas, and it's like, all right, if one more of those day three guys comes along, maybe Antonio Mafi's Moffy. a guy. Yeah, all right, that's just fine. You're not, you know, it's, it's not going to go me. up in the Hall of Fame, but that's a fine draft.
1: maffi kills me, and I I didn't know when I was going to do this, but I, I, I you know I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for three down. Okay. but I, I think the biggest thing is is uh you know, it's been pro personnel and it's been on a on a college scouting level too, and I think sometimes we even don't call both things out. And I, and I really feel like it's been on a pro level also. All right, let's get to the calls and then we'll do three up, three down from this last game against the saints. Uh, Brandon is in Oregon. Uh, Brandon, if you're still there, nope. I doubted that one. Uh, cousin Patty, what's up cousin Patty?
2: You know, I'm still hanging on.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, Evan, I don't want this to come off as like, uh, you know, jerk, but, um, the idea that I brought up on T U, like I had no idea. Like, that's, that's why I asked the question. That's why I had the idea. Like, I didn't know they were uh, still running McVay's teams. Oh, uh, no, no. I just
1: like, – no, you're good.
2: No, I'm glad he cleared it up because I'm like, all right, well, I guess that makes sense. It still looks like crap. Um, so here's my idea. I would – you know, what do you guys think about this? Love the idea of trading for Jerry Judy. And, you know, we're going to have all this friggin' money to spend in the off season. Go get T. Higgins and draft. Um, I don't know how to say his name, Fashanu or Fashanu. And I mean, just write it out with Mac for at least next year. I don't know who's coming up in 2025. Do you think that's a better idea than possibly taking a like another quarterback, like a Drake May? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to get Caleb Williams, but then you're you're sort of throwing them to the wolves. If, you know, I mean, basically our whole line, minus Cole Strange, and you know all the guys that we drafted, all the guards, and and uh, Jake Andrews that we drafted are are off the team next year.
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Patty, and th- and thanks for the call. Uh, it it's a good question about what's the best way forward. Is it going back in the quarterback carousel in the draft and drafting one of the quarterbacks, or is it continuing? Uh, to build the offensive personnel so that either Mac works or two years from now, a year from now you get the quarterback and just right. drop them in and hit the ground running. They have so many holes on offense that it's a fair question to ask if it's better to just start drafting offensive players that aren't quarterbacks because no quarterback is, su- is going to succeed if you just drop them into this mess right now. But my, my contention to that is, and this is the one time that I, you know, I might agree with you on this. Uh, I don't, know what the quarterback classes in 2025 and beyond are going to look like i do know that there's a couple quarterbacks in this class that i really like so if you really like a quarterback in this class and you can upgrade that position i'm of this of the thought that you have to do that yeah but at the same time, I can hear the other side of it of drafting. Was it Joe Alt, right? Is the other Joe tackle? Alt, yeah. Uh, the guy he said. Oh, Lufashan, who yeah. can say, you're going to love him. Marvin Harrison Jr., if, if you're that high up. Like, Brock, Bowers. I, 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 Brock Bowers. I can understand that line of thinking. And maybe we get to that point I said earlier of uh, wanting to see the whole picture. If Bill O'Brien has Mac Jones playing better football in the second half of the season and the arrow starts to point back upward for Mac, I, he, I don't think he's ever going to develop into anything like special at the position. But maybe he's a better bridge option for the time being, as you draft your your left tackle stud or your receiver stud or whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I just the other thing you have to consider here is the whole value of that rookie quarterback contract. Yeah, And the clock's essentially run out on that for Mac Jones. Next year, you know, they have the fifth-year option, but next year is released last year under contract. You have a chance to reset that thing entirely if you take a quarterback this year. And if it wasn't such a strong quarterback class, I might say, yeah, you know, Joe Alt, Fashanu, whatever. But you're going to have a shot, I think, at a potentially franchise guy as long as you're picking in the top 15. And I used to be the one that was like, yeah, if you don't get the guy. Remember, you really wanted, um, was it Davis Mills or Kellen Mond? I'd
1: like to call him that, on a little that, bit. The
0: Mac Jones year where you were like, oh, just, you know, wait till the second. I didn't say
1: that. I said, if you, if I had to take any of the day two, guys, like the day two, three guys. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to,
0: I'm going to kind of give myself the opposite of victory lap here, too, because you wanted that guy. And I said, no, at that point, just wait till next year. Next year looks like a really good class, too. You remember the guy who I was talking about? It was Phil Dracovic, who's now a tight end. So, look. You, you did like Phil I Dracovic. did like Phil Dracovic, and then BC ruined him. Uh, May- going around this city, apparently. Right, exactly. Exactly. Maybe next year's class ends up being good. I personally believe Shader Sanders is going to go back to school.
1: That's, I think that's the only guy but, that I can tell you is going to be in next year's class right now.
0: Right. So Shader Sanders is going to go 1 1. So yeah. you're going to have to be the worst team in the league. And if you're picking Joe Ault, if you add Marvin Harrison, those guys are going to win you games. Yeah. Uh, you know, I look at the rest of that class, the guys who are projected first round picks right now, Cade Klubnick. I don't think this is very updated because Clemson's offense has not been yeah. good. He does not look like the typical Clemson quarterback. Drew Aller, I don't did you see the press conference with, with James Franklin about Drew yeah, Aller the yeah, other yeah, day yeah. where the reporter asked, like, have you ever told him to just throw it deep just yeah. to do it? Yeah. Drew Aller right now has you're drafting Mac Jones again. Yeah. If you draft Drew Aller. The only other quarterback that's supposed to go in the first round next year is a guy named Connor uh, Connor Weigman from Texas A and M, who's not even yeah. a starter there yet. And then you get in, like Ty Simpson, who hasn't okay, been good. Okay, so let me so ask you this question: I, if, if you have a chance to draft a franchise quarterback with your quarterback, who at best? Has been up and down, yeah. entering the final year of his rookie deal. I think you have to do it. It's just too important of a position. So let now, me let me ask you the yeah.
1: important question because this is the this is okay. the money question that we're going to get starting in January. We're going to get oh, this like question asking it me now. five thousand times. Yeah, who is the Jalen Hurts of the twenty twenty four class? Okay,
0: so you're not even asking me about the first round. Who is the Jalen Hurts?
1: Because let me preface it. If you're gonna, this is the this is the Carson Wentz year. The Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts right. going into Carson Wentz's fourth year. They gave Carson Wentz the fourth year to see if if it was going to be good or not. It wasn't. That's when they pivoted to Jalen Hurts. So everybody that called us last year in last draft cycle about um, the kid from Tennessee. Uh, oh, Hendon uh, Hooker. And calling him the next Jalen Hur- Hurts and all this stuff. they I kept on saying, you're a year too early. Right. You're a year too early. We're here now. So is there, I know J.J. McCarthy is like the Mac Jones. I have no
0: interest in J.J. McCarthy. I have zero interest in him. Yeah,
1: so is there a guy that has the tools, but maybe needs to be put together?
0: Okay, so can I give you a couple names? Yeah. You know I have to give you a couple names here. Yeah. Um, a, A guy a lot of people like is Riley Leonard from Duke.
1: Oh, yeah, I do like him. I like his moxie, He his He's
0: got the makeup. He yeah. runs really well. He is not remotely a passer right now. Yeah. And he just suffered a pretty serious ankle injury. Oh, okay. So well, that, that there's sounds, some wonders about him. That sounds
1: right up the Patriots. Right?
0: I like K.J. Jefferson from yeah, Arkansas. Me too. Big dude. Yeah. Big guy. Big arm. Cannon arm. Yeah. Plays with a ton of confidence. Can run the football. He's kind of got that – and I – I use this comp very, very loosely. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that Cam Newton thing where he's like, I can throw it past you. I can run through you. Now his decision-making that needs to build up both as a runner and a passer. Um, he's a little too loose with the football right now. The confidence maybe a little too much, but I like him. Um, Joe Milton from Tennessee, from Tennessee. Yeah. Big arm. I am very interested for you to actually watch and break. So down. So I Milton. watched
1: like a little bit of him because he would come in for yeah. hookers sometimes last year because they're blowing teams out. Uh, and he would also come in from Hooker for hook on Hail Marys because he had so, a bigger arm. here's the thing yeah. about Joe
0: Milton. If you need somebody to throw the football 80 yards, yeah. Joe Milton can throw the football from 80 yards. Knees. Right. Yeah. If you need somebody to throw a five-yard slant, Joe Milton can throw the football 80 yards. <laughs> like, that's just kind of – there's one play – I think it might have been in their spring game. I can't remember yeah. where. They're at, like, the five-yard line, and he's trying to hit a crosser along the end line, like yeah. the back of the end zone, and he throws the ball, like, four, four, like four rows into the stands, yeah. which is, like, impressive. But – not really
1: helpful so, but so you're if, telling
0: me he's like in his on his pro, in his pro day he's gonna he's pro day they're gonna love so yeah so here's the thing yeah. remember how last year i said anthony richardson makes josh allen looks like he plays under control yeah joe milton is the next evolution of that oh god okay i uh, i uh, but that joe milton uh, joe milton makes josh allen look like chad pennington and
1: joe milton's defense that is kind of what we're talking about oh, though right? so
0: th- again we're talking about the guy who just raw can you build him yeah. up um, that's maybe Joe Milton. I've got two more for you. Okay, quickly. One is Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Grayson oh. McCall's been in college for a while. And at <laughs> I one was gonna point— say,
1: like is going to say, is he 30 yet? Like I what, think he's like 24.
0: At what um, point are we going to go to the NFL? So Grayson McCall, people thought he'd be a first-round pick at one point, and then a bunch of quarterbacks in this class kind of came out of nowhere. He's 22. He'll be 23 in December. Um, he's— If you're somebody who thinks maybe Zach Wilson, that makeup is what you want, and he just got butchered by the Jets or the spoiled rich kid thing did him in, Grayson McCall moves around really well, throws a really pretty ball. You're going to wonder about the jump in level of competition and consistency. in the last one, and this one's really interesting, you talked before about Riley Leonard being up the Patriots' alley. Yeah. If it's still this regime, because this is a trend with them, DJ Uyunglele.
1: Is that the, Is
0: the quarterback in, guy? So, he was. Yeah. He was the number one recruit in the country coming out in uh class of 2019. Not yeah. number one quarterback, number one recruit. And it was supposed to be, they had Deshaun Watson, they had Trevor Lawrence. This was the next guy. Right. Big dude, 6'4", 2, I think he's 250. Yeah, 6'4", 250. Can throw the ball around the yard, electric. It's October, they, Matt, and we're doing this. They, October. Is they this- never... They the never sack. figured him out. Yeah. Dabo Sweeney, shocker, couldn't figure him out. He And I was ready we to write him off. He, he, him. he has gone to Oregon State this year, and that I know you don't like Pac-12. Pac-12 is no joke this year. Beavers. He has been awesome. Threw five touchdowns last week, All beat right. Utah, All right. All right. This is, but this is the Patriots thing, right? Former yeah. high school recruit, maybe got misused maybe, in college.
1: Hopefully, we're not doing this again next year. We, this is the Patriots thing, to the this guy who stinks. Yeah. But you know, yeah.
0: high high ranked high school recruit, maybe didn't get you. figured out. Uyangalet's been really good this year, and you're the guy that's clamoring for that modern quarterback. He can run it, he can throw it, he can okay. process at the line, all of it. This is who he was supposed to be, and. It just never clicked for him at Oregon at Clemson. It's clicking for him now. He's gonna rise up draft boards. He's gonna be a guy that probably ends up in that day two, maybe early day three conversation that people look at and say, if he goes to the right and this was Jalen Hurts. Yeah. If he goes to the right situation with the right coaching staff, the talent is certainly there, not just for him to be a starter, but for be a guy to be a guy that can win games. It's just how much did Clemson set him back?
1: All right all right i like that I, it's depressing that we're talking about that on october 12th you're gonna be a
0: big dj we of i'm calling that, that, that right that, now
1: that's where we're at i uh i, I just really quickly on the quarterbacks because i i have not watched them as extensively as you as you just rattled off like 17 you gotta watch this week uh but the one it, guy- oh,
0: so let me just put it's still early still a lot of ball to be played so that can all change
1: <laughs> the one guy that i really really like and this is not like a mid-round yeah because you know i'm not that deep yeah yet. I love Drake May.
0: Oh, Evan likes the second best prospect in the draft. No way.
1: I really like Drake May. And uh, when I watch Drake May, uh, d- my comp right now
0: yep. is Justin Herbert. Yeah, you're not the only one that says that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, no, that's good. Kinda... of— You know I don't pay attention. Like, So who is it? One of the big draft guys is like he's halfway between Justin Herbert and Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, I think he's more controlled than Josh Allen, so maybe that's yeah. where we're getting I'm... that from.
0: I, I definitely think he's closer to Herbert. Um, I, I'm starting to come around on him. Like, my thing with quarterbacks, with first-round quarterbacks, again, it's that carrying trait thing. Yeah. What does he do that nobody else in the class does? Drake May is kind of in this weird spot where even, I think, when you take Caleb Williams out of it because he's a unicorn, Yeah. I don't know that any single one of Drake Mays' traits are the best in this class, but every single one might be the second best in this class. Yeah. And usually that's the guy that I'm like, eh, but – he's he's just so well-rounded that i'm starting to come he's, around to it where he's I'm like, polished okay yeah like he's i got, see it
1: he's got confidence poise polish like he just looks he knows that that he can play the position he knows what the position entails and i i think one of the things that i i, I watched him a lot last year because of some of their skill players and stuff yeah, that, Josh they Downs. Had, uh, that was who it was uh he's got some of that that off platform moxie too, right? Like he can move around and throw off platform. He can throw a little sidearm. He can flick the wrist sort of thing. I think he's got a lot of of just throw making ability. Like he's just a quarterback and it's not like we're trying to make an athlete into a quarterback. It's not like we're trying to do what they try to do with Mac, where you're trying to take the intangibles and turn that into an NFL quarterback. Like you said, this guy is extremely well-rounded. So
0: it's, you know, everybody wants to point to, to, Mitchell Trubisky, and Sam like Howell, he I, and I was doing that. I was doing that a couple months ago because I was not super impressed with him last year as a freshman. Yeah, redshirt freshman. I, I like. I I think people were just talking about projection and not what he was doing, and you're yeah. seeing that growth now. And yeah, he's. Fun I, player. It, it, it's it's. I I, I can't that sit t- here and tell. I you. know it's Syracuse. I yeah, know he, it's Syracuse. Yeah, I, I don't don't. Hype okay, him up but I'm just saying.
1: But I'm saying that like, I don't hype him up in terms of like. Actually, the end result of the play, but like knowing where to
0: go with the ball,
1: it, it, he, he's just I think he's got something. All right, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too look, much time. Look, they're gonna on, I, I, let, I, let just me just say we're this. We're gonna have plenty of time. To they,
0: talk they're gonna this. play Duke in a couple weeks. Yeah, that Duke, and, and this is to the Riley Leonard people. like Oh, look, he yeah. made Duke relevant. Yeah, that Duke offense is they're fine. They're yeah. fine. That Duke defense might be one of the 10 best in college football right now. That Duke, de- this is what you do. So, for people, including you. Who want to learn about these quarterbacks here? Teach me. This is what Go you down. do. You find the games where they're actually fit, like Washington, Oregon this year.
1: Talking about quarterbacks in the draft. I, I, Drake the May
0: against Duke is going to be very
1: tough. All right, let, let's clear the phone lines and then let's talk about the actual Patriots All right. team. All right, uh, Jeff is in Maine. What's up, Jeff? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Hey.
2: Uh, so you can twist my arm into the series you take. I don't mind taking him for the future uh there's part of me that kind of just wants to let this team die in peace especially the offensive line um you know use what you got i don't think we need a trade for any defensive players or anything like that we've got plenty of talent coming back that's my take on the roster um and then you guys know great value the walmart brand yes all right so I don't remember how we used them, but assuming that Bill O'Brien uses Taequann, like great value Will Fuller, uh, what would that usage look like based on, you know, whatever film from Houston you watched to scout what Bill O'Brien used to do during the offseason? I'll take it off the air. Thanks,
1: guys. Thanks, Jeff. I actually wrote about this uh, in the offseason because, like, what else are we going to freaking write about? Uh, so I wrote about this in the offseason, and I went back and, uh, and watched Will Fuller and... Jamison Williams, you know, Jamison Williams at Alabama with Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator and Will Fuller in Houston uh, with Bill O'Brien as the head coach slash offensive guy. Uh, I think with Will Fuller, um, what you saw, you did see a lot of verticals with Will Fuller, right? A lot of go balls, a lot of things, you know, just verticals down the field. Uh, He used him a lot, though, and this is what I'm looking forward to with Taekwon, and I think, Alex, you you had mentioned this a little bit um, at the beginning of the show. Uh, He used him a lot out of, like, stack alignments, right? So two receiver stacks. Uh, So you have the point man on the line of scrimmage. Uh, the idea is is that that point man is going to run off the ball, and he's going to he's going to take the contact. Right? He's going to get off the line. He's going to uh, create a little bit of pocket of space underneath him uh, for the receiver to get off the line uh, without a jam. Right? So get a free release at the line of scrimmage, and then Will Fuller is so fast that he was able to then just make make things happen. With Tyquan, I, I feel a similar way, and why uh, I'm taking the cheese per usual on a receiver shocker Uh, with Taekwon. I I feel like that's similar um, where I think that Bill O'Brien is going to find ways to get him off the line of scrimmage, whether it's playing him out of the slot, which is what I think that you mentioned earlier, which is one way um, motion him, right? Like running him into the route, like they do with Tyree kill in Miami, Or running him out of bunches or stacks uh, where teams have to pick him up down the field instead of jamming him at the line of scrimmage I think last year and and I'm not trying to go down the road of like let's pick on Matty P uh, but last year they played him a lot at the X they played him a lot on the line of scrimmage and so he saw a lot of press man and at his size he just isn't big enough to get off of the press man coverage at this level. So what you have to do is you have to get him off the line of scrimmage. And I think that that's why I was bullish in the spring, and you all made fun of me because of the one practice that I saw from Taekwo and I was already like all all in on it. Uh, the reason why is because I saw like a plan being hatched of he's one hundred and eighty pounds soaking wet. So, we're not going to just isolate him against man coverage on the outside and expect him to win one on one. We're going to find creative ways to get him open. And I, I think that that's what Bill O'Brien's going to do.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But you can go back on uh, Patriots.com if you search yeah, that, uh, like Fuller, Jameson Williams, my name on Patriots.com. You should probably be able to find that. I, I remember writing about it. All right. Uh, John is in Louisiana. What's up, John? Hey,
3: what's up? Y'all gaming good? Hey, yes. All right, I want y'all just talking about it with the, uh, moving on with Mac and draft the drink me. The reason why I was thinking about it is you know exactly what you have in Mac, so why not just build around him? I know he's having a rough year, but we know what we got in him. Just build around him. Like, why why not just go that route? Yeah, uh,
1: that's that's a fair take. And uh, thanks for the call, John. It's a, it's a fair take. And we, I, the caller before talked about, well, why don't we use the yeah. pick on a tackle or a receiver and, and, and continue to build with Mac? I think the problem is is that you might know what you have with Mac, and that
0: is that he ain't it, right? So, or like I, I think it's even beyond that that they had their chance to build around Mac. Yeah, it was the last two years, yeah, and they didn't do it. And yeah. it's a lot harder to build around. So, then what? Right, you build around him this year. He's on an expiring contract. Are you going to resign him? Are you going to risk losing him? And then you know what if the next year? Again, that 2021 class we talked about, what if they miss? The next year Kenny Pickett was the only first round pick in that class. Yeah. So then you're going to build this whole thing around Kenny Pickett? Yeah. Who also probably isn't it? Um Yeah. Yeah, I just the, the regardless of Mac, the clocks run out. The clocks run out to build around him because you're losing that rookie contract. You kind of have to reset that.
1: I also we talked about and and I talked about like this was the year that I wanted to find out about Mac. Right. And I understand that we can have excuses. Offensive line has been horrible. The receivers are also mid or limited or whatever you want to call it. And Bill O'Brien hasn't come in and waved the magic wand and fixed all these issues. Right. So you have all the excuses. I think Dan Orlovsky said, uh, new England is currently the hardest team in the league to play quarterback for. It's probably right. He's probably, it's close. I, Carolina is pretty bad too. All right. Yeah. But regardless, it's probably pretty close. They're, they're bottom five. Put so so the
0: only team where it's worse is the, the only team that's yet to win a game yet this
1: Carolina year. Carolina and then – like did, I I tend to say no to the Giants just because I love Dable, but the Giants' offensive line is a train wreck. Yeah. So maybe the Giants are up there as well. But regardless of all of that, I still think that you have seen uh, – you can isolate the quarterback play enough uh, that you can see where the warts are in Mac Jones's game. And I think both of us re- – Regardless of how, like, the nature versus nurture argument of how we got here with Mac Jones, I'm not sold. uh, This is as down on Mac Jones as I've probably been since they drafted him. Like, this is, in terms of my confidence level, that you can build around Mac Jones and be not just a productive offense, but a winning football team with Mac Jones as your quarterback, uh, this is probably as down on him as a player as I've been. I don't know how you feel about that.
0: I just I'm down on the whole situation. It, it's not even just him as a play. Again, I go back to that thing where even if you did want to give him another year, yeah. one where unless you're overhauling the coaching staff in the front office, where's the belief that that's what's going to happen? Because yeah. last year we all sat here and said, you know, yeah, we know they haven't really invested on in offense before, but it's as clear as day this year that they have to do it, and they yeah. didn't do it. Um, and even if you move on and it's somebody else who is willing to commit to it, then, then what happens? Yeah. Then he plays the fourth year. Are you picking up his option? All right, that's two years, and then what? Are you extending him? What if not? What if he's still not good? The window to figure it out were years one and two.
1: Yeah.
0: And they didn't use those years to figure it out.
1: So do you feel like you have a definitive... like I, I, In terms of, like, I get i just said we're gonna see the the whole picture right yeah but right now this second do you feel like you have enough information to figure that out
0: no I, i'm close no because if like i if you're gonna tell me that there's gonna be another coaching staff in here next year another gm yeah. you know then maybe there's yeah. an argument for it but um short of short of uh anything spectacular i i feel like they're just at the point where the the, the timeline for rebuild, and I actually talked to somebody who works, not uh, not anymore, but used to work in NFL f- front office about this, with the fifth-year option and everything, the, and every team's a little different, but generally the timeline for rebuild is there's w- what you call year zero, which yeah. is you're bad. You're yeah. just bad, you're overhauling the roster. 2020. That was, right, exactly. Yep. Then you draft the quarterback you have year one. The goal in year one is to figure out if the quarterback you've drafted is an NFL quarterback or not. To what extent you don't yeah. have to know, but like, is this the guy we're going to move forward with? A lot of teams never even get past that. Yeah, but it it felt like you know year two, if and this is all assuming you you check the box from the year before. Year two is can you make the playoffs? Can you just get in the dance? Can you win enough games? Can you beat a couple of good teams where well, you're in there? Year three. In year, year three is then can you be a contender for, and you're building this up around the quarterback championship as you go. window? No, so year three I think is can you contend? Window. All right, I contend. How I heard it, can you contend contender. for your division? You yeah. should be a a division contender. You should win a playoff game. Okay. Year four and five, that's where you win the title. championship window. That's championship okay. window. So,
1: maybe, so th- maybe instead of championship window, I should say contending.
0: Contending window. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 not like a championship favorite, but all right, championship yeah. contender. Yeah. They were ahead of schedule with Mac. Yeah. they were where you should be after year two and year one and then they went backwards and so right now based on that timeline this year they should be an out they should be a contender for the division and outside contender for the Super Bowl next year they should be a Super Bowl contender yikes do you see them getting there no and that's where I'm like all right you gotta reset the process
1: got it all right Kevin is in Burlington and then we're gonna get up to three up three down what's up Kevin
3: hey guys thanks for taking my call um I want to make the case that of- I want to make the case that Belichick uh, really had a well-thought-out plan for the offense, but it just wasn't able to, to implement it. Because uh, I think the offensive problems really date back to when Brady and Josh were still here. If you remember in 2019, they started 8-0, but the offense really wasn't good and it ultimately sank that team. And I think it's at that point that Belichick wanted to transition away from the air of system because Brady was leaving and Skarnecchia was leaving and um, I think he wanted a more consistent running game, and it was very difficult at that time to onboard new receivers because I think college was more of a spread RPO and uh, NFL was running a lot of Shanahan. So if you remember in that offseason, they brought in Jed Fish as the QB coach. And Jed was um, – he spent time with Mike Shanahan. He spent time with Sean McVay. Uh, but, and they, that's when they brought in Kim Newton. But unfortunately, that was also the offseason of COVID. So I think that was really, really impacted, you know, any kind of new philosophical install. And, um, and then Jed was hired away from the University of Arizona as the head coach before the season even ended. And then if you look, you know, last year with Patricia, they were still trying to run, you know, Shanahan zone schemes. So I think, you know, ultimately it's this failure to transition to the new offensive system that's the root cause of the offensive problems. And the offenses of, like, Charlie Weiss, Josh Daniels, and Bill O'Brien are very difficult to run successfully in the modern NFL. I think until this transition happens, I'm worried that our offense will continue to crush this team, regardless of the types of players that they have. Thanks.
1: Thanks for the call, Kevin. Uh, Yeah, made a lot of really good points. And uh, things that we've T- touched on you know we talked a lot about like the 2022 draft and how a lot of those players yeah. were kind of built more for a shanahan offense you know athletic guard speed receiver speed back right like those are some of those picks that were made to to suit that uh, my whole thing and I, I it's not to disagree with kevin necessarily because i agree with him that a big part of their offensive failures were the 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 systemic changes that they made that have not taken hold, right. Yeah. That they've tried to make, and they it haven't worked. Uh, I've been saying a lot, uh, this week and in general, but this week, especially about how annoyed I am that they, they ditched the fullback and just don't have a fullback on the roster anymore. Uh, that, that to me, I think was a misstep. Uh, we talk about like all these types of moves. Uh, I agree. Now, the one point that I would push back a little bit on, on that being the, the entire reason, uh, if you had good players, I don't think it would matter.
0: Right, and that that to me, if you want to install this new offense, fine, go out and get players to run it. Yeah, and it it just all comes back to that. If you never had, invested in offense.
1: If you had real talent on offense, I don't care if you're running an Perkins West Coast spread RPO. If you have uh, you know, Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills offense, you're probably going to be a pretty good offense. Right, right. Like I, I, so I agree that maybe they miscalculated on a lot of on on a lot of different elements be trying to be more shanahan like and that's why this all came apart in in a sense but i i I still think that uh that's getting even for me uh getting a little too caught up in the x's and o's instead of the jimmies and joes yeah all right uh let's do three up three down and then uh we'll take a few more of these phone calls before we wrap uh in classic blowout fashion alex i did two up five down because you know you get blown out like that you don't get more than two that's my rule so let's start with the positives uh i'll I'll start here because i kind of mentioned them already uh First stud of the game, first up of the game, Riley Reef. I thought Riley Reef was uh, a lot better in this game than what they put out there at guard. Uh, one hurry allowed, it happened late with Bailey Zappy in the game in the fourth quarter. I thought he was really good in his reps. Uh, run blocking, I think he th- shows some leverage, some toughness, uh, some ability to move guys in the run game. Pass protection, he's been way, way, way better than anything they've thrown out there in pass protection at guard. Uh, much better moving side to side, much better anchor. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Right. This is a good player uh, that they a uh, good film, I should say, for Riley Riley Reef and and maybe they have a good player.
0: Uh, I'll go to Mario Douglas. I, he got open on that one route and <laughs> and he made a nice catch. And I mean, did, am I wrong? No. And he got hurt. And, and like, he got hurt on the knows, play. maybe he would have done more. That's not his fault. No. Maybe he would have done more. I don't know. He's an up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like two weeks in a row we had one. Demario uh, De- Douglas is an up for one catch that he made in the game.
0: It's almost like he should be playing more. Well, All I right. guess he couldn't have played more last week. But
1: uh, Number two up, Anthony Jennings. I thought Anthony Jennings was good in this game. Uh, four stops in the run game, set a good edge, uh, had a hurry. Uh, nobody had multiple hurries in this game because the Patriots had no pass rush. So uh, the fact of the matter is, is Anthony Jennings is one hurry, uh, tied for the team lead. So tied for the team lead in hurries, four stops against the run. Uh, is Anthony Jennings a difference to making edge? Uh, no. Uh, can he set the edge of the defense and play the run on first down yes and for right now that's going to be how they're going to have to survive without judon right everybody's gonna have to have a role everybody's gonna have to be hyper specific to that role and they're gonna have to patch it together so i have anthony jennings Uh, i'm
0: doing this for the. i think it's the third week in a row picking this guy at this point i'm probably just doing it to annoy people more than anything else uh miles bryant oh my god had that big hit on mike thomas He's stepping up making he's like their third highest graded run defender right yeah. now on PFF. Yeah. He's had like I think it's maybe it says more about the defense than him, but he's been one of their best defensive players this year.
1: Not bad. Not bad. Miles Bryan has uh turned into a player that fans poke at all the time. Yeah. I, I'll say this with all sincerity. If you're still picking on Miles Bryan and saying that Miles Bryan is bad, you're not watching the games. Right. You're not your 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 priors have brought have blinded you and you're not watching the games this year is he prime stefan gilmore hell no is he a serviceable nickelback yes yeah all right do you have any more ups no good good i'm glad we're. On you're, you're gonna there. hate
0: what my downs are too
1: number one down okay mac jones yeah mac jones number one down i wanted to save this for three up three down and and talk about mac a little bit here uh mac is a down I think what the problem is, is uh, with Mac, the, the three biggest things that I see that are wrong with Mac right now. Uh, number one, first and foremost, is he is Sam Darnold seeing ghosts out there. He's seeing ghosts. Even when it's a clean pocket, it's, it's not a clean pocket to Mac Jones right now. Uh, his footwork's all over the place. His eyes are out down on the rush. Uh, he is feeling pressure that doesn't always exist. And that's a, a big, big, big problem. He had a couple of plays in this game where, if he had just hung in the pocket and stayed with the play, instead of being sped up and making a quick decision because of the of the panic meter with the pressure, he had some open reads in this game, but the ball was coming out so quickly or not at all because he was panicking because of the pressure. So that I don't know how you fix that. I and when I say fix. I don't know how you fix that in season. He might be able to go to the off season, take a step back from football and reset and go six months without getting hit. And that might reset him mentally to the point where he can come in next season and not be sped up and panicked under pressure. Uh, But in season, I don't know how you necessarily fix that. And uh, the other thing I, you know, I mentioned the footwork, I mentioned the eyes, you know, going down at the rush, not seeing the reads, I just really think that that's a a broken quarterback. And I'm at the point now with Mac, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm at the point now with Mac that I don't know if you can put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I think that this is a guy that uh, once you start to lose it in that respect and you start feeling pressure that doesn't actually exist and you start – being unsettled with your footwork and like throwing with your feet parallel to the line of scrimmage and not stepping into throws, you know, a couple of examples like the Ty Montgomery interception, you can argue that a good receiver, it hit him right in the hands, Seven. catches that ball and shields the safety and makes the catch. The ball is a lollipop. You got to step into the ball and throw it. If he steps into the ball and throws it with some velo instead of just arcing it up there to Ty Montgomery. The safety is not even a factor, right? Like if he right. steps and rips it, then Ty Montgomery catches it on the run and cuts in, you know, in front of the face of the safety and never gets hit. But the ball took too long to get there, and it causes these types of interceptions that's not because he was panicked in the pocket necessarily it's because he doesn't have any confidence to step up in the pocket and step into a throw and let it rip those throws need they need to have more mustard on them they need to have more velocity on them i uh, i just i'm not sure how you put mac to back together at this point
0: all right that leads perfectly into my first down yeah the offense. It just Mac was panicked. He was rushing. Yeah. They couldn't get anything blocked. They couldn't run the ball. Nobody was getting off uh, open. I, is there any part of that game you look at? I know you, you sort of liked what uh, Riley Reef did, but yeah. you know as a whole, the, the game plan was bad. It, it was all bad. It's a bury the ball game for the offense. They, they weren't good enough. They, they just weren't good enough. I i I know people are gonna say that this is me excusing Mac, especially because yeah. you just said uh Mac is your first down. Yeah. Um it's no, it's it's all of it. It's 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 Mac's bad, the offense is bad, the pass catchers are bad, the run game's bad, and it's comp- they all compound one another. Yeah. And I just it's not the kind of game where you can single one person out, I think, and say this person had a bad game. It was all bad. Their offensive film is a
1: disaster. Yeah. It is disgusting to watch. It is an absolute abject disaster to the point where I always watch the Patriots stuff, do my do Patriots stuff. Then I I turn the page. Now the the Raiders played on Monday night, so that threw off my schedule a little bit. Yeah, poor Evan. Regardless, thank you. Uh, Thank you for feeling bad for me. Uh, Regardless, the Raiders and the Packers played that Monday night game. What was the final score? 17 to 13?
0: Something like 19, 13, maybe? 17, something
1: like 13, that. something like that.
0: So they both... I know, because the Raiders haven't scored 20 once this year. They
1: Neither team scored a lot of points. That's the point. Right. Their offensive film is 50 times better than what the Patriots put on film.
0: Yeah, they were just turning the ball over.
1: And they didn't score. But the fact of the matter was is that it was synced up. It looked like an NFL offense, right? Like guys right. were running routes. Blockers were blocking. Quarterback was throwing. It was all on time. It just they're not very good right now, right? So they didn't hit on enough plays consistently to put up a lot of points. But if you put the Raiders offense that they're going up against this week and the Patriots offense side by side, the, the ugliness of the Patriots offensive film compared to the Raiders would be night and day to you. I mean, it is a disaster yeah. right now for the Patriots offense. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. Okay. I had a few more specific guys, though. Okay. Number two. Antonio Maffi. So Antonio Mafi has tools. I'm excited about some of the things I've seen from Antonio Mafi. I think he's got NFL play strength. I think he's got NFL hand strength. I think he's got NFL uh, leverage and balance and ability to block and posture and all that kind of stuff. Like I think he's got NFL tools. I put Antonio Mafi as a down, but I really mean Adrian Clem. Adrian Clem's got to start making his money on this on this team, in this organization. A guy like Antonio Maffi has one Achilles heel right now. He can't pick up a stunt. He can't pass off a stunt. It's not physical. It's not foot speed in this game as much as it is mental of not seeing it, right? He's right. not seeing the stunt coming. He's not mentally processing line movement up front. To me, that points more to coaching. This is a common problem for Antonio Maffi going back to the summer, which means that they've been coaching him up on it since the summer. And he's not getting better. And at some point in time, Adrian Clem's got to start making some people better on the offensive line. They have to start looking like a a five-man unit on the offensive line. And don't don't give me like they haven't played enough together. Like I don't want to hear that. These guys have like him and Trent Brown have basically been out there since since pad practices started. Okay, like we're not talking about him working next to a guy that that hasn't played at all, like a Cole Strange or something like that. At some point in time, uh, the line has to have an upward trajectory. Uh, There needs to be some development for the younger players on this line. Like, for example, City, so he guard, tackle, whatever. Yeah. The fact that City So cannot even be active on game day when you're rolling Vidarian low out there at right tackle is an indictment on the coach. Because he's a fourth-round pick. He has some tools. He's an athletic kid. He tested really, really well he's at the best combine. best
0: offensive testers, yeah.
1: So he's got some raw ability. And the fact that he's not better than Vidarian low, to me, points to coaching and development. So whether you want to put Mafia as a down or Clem as a down, it's one and the same to me. Antonio Mafi, Adrian Clem. That's my second down. All
0: right, mine is uh, the defense. I think you see where I'm going with this. <laughs> what? You look at the drives the Saints had early in the game. Eight yeah. plays, sixty-two yards, four sixteen, five fifty-nine, two thirty-six. That's hot knife through butter. And yeah, this was this is a quarterback that had a bad arm, a yeah. bad throwing shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. Um, a, a, a team that struggled to move the ball the week. And look, maybe he's healthier, but a team that struggled to move the ball the week before. Honestly, you look at it, I know people think I uh, probably could have gotten worse. There were like three or four deep balls that either Carr didn't throw to Olave or he did and Olave just missed them. There was one touchdown that Olave, remember he like, dropped, he dropped it. it. Yeah, it was like a Des Bryant so, situation. So as bad as it looked, they got bailed out a couple times by the Saints. Uh, coverage didn't line up. Pass rush never got home. They weren't able to put any pressure on Carr, which they had to do to win this game. Uh, Alvin Kamara is making guys miss in the open field that that'll happen but they just didn't seem like they almost seemed caught off guard by the way Alvin Kamara was used in this game defense down okay so I have a position group on the defense in okay. particular the safeties yeah all that's fair if I had to pick one yeah that's fair all of them
1: so Kyle Duggar where are you am MIA missing in action Kyle Duggar Made some plays in the flat, right? Made some tackles like Derek Carr throwing late to the flat, and and Kyle Duggar made some some tackles. Cool. There, this is, goes back to something that we talked about uh, a few minutes ago with the personnel. They always used to have a plan, right? Like Nate Solder, to, Matt liked to Nate Solder. I'm just going to use that because it's an easy one to use. Matt liked to Nate Solder. They always used to have a plan. How many years? How many years? And it's the same thing with tackle. How many years, Alex, have we talked about free safeties, center fielders in the draft saying at some point you are going to have to take Devin McCourty's successor? Right. At some point you're going to have to get somebody in the building. And both of us were lockstep that we prefer Devin to actually school this kid. Right. Right. Like teach him. And they ignored it. They ignored it. They ignored it. They ignored it. And now they're in a position where they have box safeties. That aren't deep middle safeties playing center field in a single high heavy defense. And Jabril Peppers, Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, those guys, it's not their fault. They're playing out of position. All of them. So uh Shaheed, Rashid Shahid, yeah, catches that big pass. Adrian Phillips is like the buzz defender. He lets him go by. He leaves Jabril Peppers on him on an island. Jabril Peppers can't pick him up because he's not Devin McCourty in his prime. Big play. Chris Olave's touchdown. Kyle Duggar. Where are you going, dude? There's a route on the right sideline. I think it's a Michael Thomas. It's like a one-on-one like fade back shoulder thing. And then there's one route in the middle of the field. And it's Chris Olave. And Kyle Duggar allows Derek Carr... To I manipulate him out of the passing window. Derek Carr looks right, so Ty- Kyle Duggar moves right, and then Derek Carr immediately comes back left and hits Chris Olave. There's nobody else in the area for Kyle Duggar to go to, right? Like it's no, right. He, there's no route that's threatening his his zone for him to worry about. Their free safety play is abysmal. It's been terrible, and all of it goes back. Like this is why I, I keep on going back to the the head guy all this goes back to the fact that they never addressed a successor to Devin McCourty. And now they're in a position where they don't have one
0: and they're stuck. And uh, it's been ugly at times at, at free safety. It, it's something we talked about earlier in the show. How many guys have left? It's not just on offense. How many guys have left and just left and there was no plan to replace them? Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's on offense, at tackle at running back at receiver, at safety at linebacker, it, we've seen it a lot over the last few years and, and free safety is certainly that list. I don't know if they thought maybe like Jabril Peppers could play it or, or something or, or Jalen Mills could play it but he's not yeah. even playing. Like he's the most logical free safety yeah, on like, the roster and he's yeah. not playing. So
1: Jabril Peppers and Kyle Duggar if you want them to play center field and like an exo- like a, a coverage rotation where you're right. running some sort of exotic, and the, the center fielder drops out of center field, and the the the, the robber drops back, like it's some sort of rotation post snap. Sure, fine. As like a stagnant single high safety, like Devin used to do. Yeah, can't happen. Like you can't have that guy. And, and they they had options. Like there was options in the draft. The option we-
0: in the draft. Remember Taylor Rapp was here. Yeah, so another guy could yeah. do it. All right, here you go. You you want to guess? Special team. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there was this is pretty clear. Uh <laughs> this is just good. No, I mean, they lost not 34 nothing. You're not wrong. Chad Ryland, look, I I'm conflicted on Chad Ryland. We'll start with Chad Ryland. 7 of his 8 kicks have been from 48 or longer. He's 50% on all his kicks. Yeah. Uh 7 of his 8 have been from 48 or longer. Those are long kicks. Yeah. So you're not going to have you're not going to hit 90% from 48 or longer. Nobody is. Justin yeah. Tucker doesn't. But you're here to he was drafted because he's a big leg. He should be hitting some of these and he's yeah. not. Uh, now the snaps and holds haven't been great at times There was another bad snap this week this time on a punt
1: yeah almost went out the back of the end zone
0: Bryce Barry look he got it going later in the game he yeah. was good later in the game but he shanked his first two punts those both led to short field for the Saints and boom just like that you fall in the hole yeah so that was concerning and then you, you had uh, Chabril Peppers try to like pick up a punt that was bouncing yeah, and yeah, yeah. fumbled it and didn't end up turning it over but very much almost did and Ty Montgomery ran two kicks out of the end zone that he didn't need to run out of the end zone so <laughs> The whole thing, it just didn't. And, and we've, Other than it just, that, how was the play, Mrs. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, no, I said Rylan, just, uh not Ryland. Berenger in the second half was good. But, <laughs> Stop it. Um, it. It's just like you're seeing on offense where it just looks like guys are trying to do or being asked to do more than what's realistic because they're compensating for what's going on around them. You're, we've talked about it a lot on offense. It exists a little bit on defense, maybe more now with some of the injuries. You're seeing that pop up on special teams as well. All right. Two more quickly,
1: All right. Vidarian Low, like could he, the, he's just gonna live on the downs list, right? Like it just, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough, and it's not his fault he's playing. So this kind of goes to my next one, but it's not, it's not his fault he's playing. They should have better options in Vidarian Low. Your fourth round pick should be a better option. Layout Collins should be a better option. Like they should have a better option, but they don't. Yeah, and he give He's give, gave up another five pressures in this game he has given up the most pressures in the league amongst tackles Alex and he's only played four games and he's still giving up the most yeah okay so he's the worst right tackle he's the worst tackle in football period and he's this Patriots starting right tackle so this goes to the last one he's on the perpetual down list it, it seems like for right now Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick on the down list significantly. He's down bad at this point. Yeah. There's a lot of issues with this team. Most of them are personnel driven. We've talked a lot about all of that. Right tackle, free safety. Some of these spots that we're talking about are go back to the whole thing of what was the plan? What was the succession plan? What was the thought process? Those spots it's now two years in a row, and this is why I lumped Vidarian low in with Bill. It's now two years in a row that right tackles the worst position on the Patriots roster. Worst position. Yeah. How do we not
0: address this? How? They didn't address it at all. Oh, sorry. It sounded rather reef.
1: They signed Riley Reif and Calvin Anderson. That was addressing it. They
0: signed a career backup in a 34 And they drafted a guard from Eastern Michigan right. and tried to make him into a right The tackle. mystery box again. City So could be anything. He could even be a tackle.
1: And I, I got this question uh, on Twitter, I think, of like, okay, well, out of McGlinchey, McGarry, Juwan Taylor, like, who, who's, who are those guys? Have, Orlando Brown. Uh, who are those guys have actually played well with their new teams? It's not the point, right? It's not the point. It's not, that's not how it works. Like you can't just right. say, oh, well, this guy hasn't been good. So that why, why waste, like why sign him? Yadda yadda? It, A, it would have been better than what you had. And B, you don't know what that player would look like in your system and, and, and in your team. Uh, Bill Belichick's, you can, there's so many different things you can point to. You can point to in-game stuff. You can point to game plan stuff. You can point to personnel decisions. It's down bad. All of it. And at this point, I'm running out of things and I can't believe I'm saying this about Bill Belichick. Yeah. I'm running out of things to say that he helps this football team with. Uh, like, if, if you can tell me one thing that you really think that he is m- helping them contributing to winning on this football team, I'm all ears.
0: Miguel Benson, very well-timed tweet right now. How many right tackles do you think, Matt, starting right tackles, do you think Mac Jones has played with with his time in the Patriots?
1: Oh, God. Ten?
0: Yes, actually. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. You want to guess? Oh boy. Isaiah Wynn. Uh yep, that's one. M- Yadni Kajis. Yep. Marcus Cannon. Yep. Uh,
1: Calvin Anderson. Yep. Um Vadarian Yep. Oh man, I don't know if I, um Trent Brown. Yep. Um
0: You got one more from last year and then it's all 21 guys.
1: Oh god. Who's the one from last year? It's like on the tip of my tongue. It's killing me.
0: Who is it? Connor McDermott. Ah, uh,
1: yeah, I knew, I knew who it was. All right, who are the rest?
0: Uh, Justin Huron, oh, Yannick Ajust, and Mike Onwenu.
1: I said Yannick Just.
0: Oh, did you? Who did yeah. I miss? Trent Brown. Oh, you see Durant.
1: Oh God, God, what a
0: list! It's in three years, what less than three years, really, two and change. What a list. Two and a quarter.
1: Oh God. All right. That
0: that's a new right tackle every three games. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Who's who's your last down? No, that was it. You only have yeah. Oh yeah, you had
0: three offense, defense, especially out <laughs> of coaching. I feel like I kind of wrapped that in with all of it.
1: How how do you like genuine question? Because I I, I you know this is what we do. Yeah. And uh, what's up? Like, what do you think is wrong with Chad Ryland? Like, do you think it's just simply that he's been asked to kick a lot of forty-eight plus yarders? I can't say fifty-plus anymore. Because... Yeah,
0: no, it's it's a lot of little things. I think you know you had the bad snaps and you. First of all, you had he didn't really get a chance to kick in the preseason. And It's I, it's you know, wild, right? Which that helps. Um, you had the bad snaps, the bad field, in New York, and you wonder if it all just kind of compounds and it's like you know. He kind of didn't have, he didn't kick really in games for a few months. And then his first game action was rough. Yeah. And now maybe he's in his head and he hasn't exactly had a layup to get back going, right? It's not like he's gotten like a, a 30 25, 35 year old, yeah. five yard chip shot to yeah. sort of just see one go through. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad kicker. But it's so mental, at that position, and I wonder if that stuff's all just starting to layer up.
1: Oh, God. Just add it to another, the list of things that are not going well for this team. All right. Let's uh, get back to the phones. Dan is in New York. What's up, Dan?
2: Hey, guys. Uh, can hey. you hear me? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I feel like this weekend's game is pretty big in the sense that if we lose, it's just going to be spiral effect. I mean, we've got Buffalo and Miami after that, and then um, and after that, commanders and Colts is not a gimme. So going into the bye, potentially there's a good chance that we are two and eight, one and nine, three and seven. So at that point, do you do you guys think that we should embrace the full tank? Like, what, what's the status of the team then? Like are they even fully committed or you know? Very hypothetical, but I think it's a good chance happening. Yeah. yeah. so If they're like yeah. one in nine, one in Thanks ten.
1: Thanks for the call, Dan. So, uh, embracing the tank, I don't really know. You know, we've talked about this in terms of like tanking comes from the top down. Right. And it's it, a, it's
0: a goofy thing you can do as fans, but the team will never. Yeah. Guys on the team aren't gonna. You know, I, I'd say they're not going to quit, but like guys are still playing for future jobs, future contracts. Yeah. Guys are coaching for future jobs.
1: So I think that the the biggest thing, and and you know, I, I don't usually get into this to the to the psyche too much, but in this in these moments you kind of have to yeah and i think the biggest thing that i'm uh interested in when we go to to vegas this weekend back to vegas again you get to go to luxor to um, see the beam oh <laughs> uh, god uh buy in. like want to will who's pulling on the rope because you don't lose 76 to three in a two-week span on talent alone you don't lose like that on talent alone, right? You lose on that because you're not there. Not everybody's is giving it a hundred and ten percent. So, this is a really big test in my mind because you're going to Vegas, you're going on a six-hour flight across the country, uh, you're leaving a day earlier than normal because of the the, the long yeah. flight. So this is a little bit of like a weekend, right? It's a little bit of a trip. Like we're not just going for, for, uh, you know, 24 hours and, and, and coming home. Who's who wants to play on Sunday. And is there enough guys in that locker room right now that want to play on Sunday and want to fight for the season and want to try to pull out of this where they have that kind of effort or do they lay another egg? Cause if they lay another egg, uh, then I'm starting to get with you on the fact that in season firing is on the table if they show some fight, uh, and they show God forbid they win. Like, you know, I, I think that that's po- like, then that's showing you something. Right. Yeah. But this is to me before we get to schemes and we're going to do key matchups here in a second, before we get to matchups and X's and O's and uh, game plans and things like that against the Raiders. Uh, the biggest thing is, is do they even want to freaking be there
0: or not? Right. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I would just, to the second part of that question, like what do you look for if it gets to that point, if it does? Yeah. Uh, and we kind of talked about it earlier. Like how do the kids look? The guys who you know are going to be here if they reset it. Um, Keon White, Marte Mapu, Tyquan Thornton, Demario Douglas, Kayshawn Booty, the, the rookie lineman, uh, maybe yeah. Andrew Stuber gets some run. Like these are the – Malik Cunningham. These, you're just kind of looking to see, all right, are any of these guys part of the plan moving forward or – can any of them help you build this thing back up, or where do you really need to go and address?
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Gene is in South Carolina. What's up, Gene?
3: Hey, you guys, hear me? Up?
0: Yes. Yep. We good? Oh. Uh,
3: Speak your phone. Do You hear me? Yep. Yes. Um. So, I know I'm just a fan, but it's just an idea for you guys. I was curious what you guys thought. So I know they talk about people not having. Or the players not having any uh, any confidence in Mac. So why couldn't we, you know, Devontae Parker? He's missed a couple of contested passes that I think he could have caught, and he just I I, I just didn't think he like tried like he he was better last year. And then Juju, I mean, obviously just miscommunication. We can go on. I listen, you guys talk about it all the time. The tight ends work with work with him. Why not just bring. Cunningham up and use Booty and use Douglas when he's not hurt, and and just go with these younger receivers and try to build something on that. But Mac it seems like Mac has a better relationship with the younger receivers anyway.
1: Okay, yeah, thanks for the call, Gene. It's an interesting theory. Uh, I don't know about the younger receivers versus older receivers thing. Uh, I will tell you this: if your idea of bringing Malik Cunningham up is to put in a Taysom hill package and just give you that option on offense to maybe run him a little bit like that fine i have no interest in malik cunningham playing receiver in 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 the game none if you want him to play wildcat quarterback and add that element because you can't move the ball anyway so you might as well try it i can hear that but if you're asking me to play malik cunningham at wide receiver i'm out that's where i'm at all right you do you disagree
0: yeah I, he, I i'm not opposed to the idea like long term of him being a wide receiver but i just from what we saw in the summer he's not close enough yet to play that position in an NFL game
1: not even close all right let's get into the Raiders a little bit uh this Raiders game i think is uh, in a lot of ways uh like the Saints and that uh and i feel like this is true almost every week not to pick but uh, on a scab here but if you were to like rank the rosters yeah Raiders have a better roster yes they have better uh, i they have a better top of the roster than the Patriots. Uh the Patriots don't have a Max Crosby. Well, well they do, but he's hurt. The Patriots don't have a Devontae Adams. Correct. They I don't think they have a Josh Jacobs. Nope. Uh so they, they don't d- have Jacoby Myers. And they <laughs> they don't have Jacoby Myers. <laughs> so they don't the Raiders have better uh top end talent than you do. Yeah. So in that respect, it makes it tough for me to pick the Patriots in this game. Because I think pretty much everything else is equal, but they have a few more game changers than you do. And that's what's going to tilt the scales to the Raiders. With that being said, though, I do think that this is a winnable game. It comes back to what I said earlier about, do they want to win? Do they even want to be there? Right. That's going to be a factor. Um, I think in general with the Raiders, there's there's two things that really stand out to me. One, uh, obviously... Uh, Max Crosby is is one of the best players in the league yes uh, his film is just ridiculous like the guy combines the relentless motor with skill and block anticipation and uh, the ability to against the run and the pass like he's I think that's what makes him so rare is that there's a lot of guys that can rush the passer in the NFL a lot uh, there's not a lot of guys that can play the run as well as Max Crosby can he yeah. does both of them at an elite level uh, he completely ruined the game for the Green Bay Packers on Monday night. I think he did it
0: for the Steelers, too, the other week.
1: Yeah, completely took the game over. So he can do that against this Patriots team. We He certainly can against this offensive line. So that's number one. And uh, number two to me is that I think that if you get too caught up in all the weapons that the Raiders have, you are going to get overwhelmed by trying to solve plug holes defensively okay. uh it's adams is tough right like adams the best receiver right. in football maybe i uh, you know he's top five certainly looks a little compromised to me with that shoulder like i didn't think he looked like he was uh as good but, last, you, on but you still have usual. to respect him 100
0: and that's where other guys get open off of that
1: so then you have that and then you have the run game which i've always Touted McDaniel's. I still, even though their numbers and their production isn't quite as good as last year in the run game, I still think that they design it really well. And, the, and Josh Jacobs is a good runner, so you have the run game, and then you also have their 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 slots: Jacoby Myers, Hunter yeah. Renfro, uh, those guys. So I think if you try to play, you know, the game plan is uh, uh we're going to tilt coverage to Adams, and we're going to do this, and we're going to stop the run with uh, you know seven in the box, and like all. I think that you're going to get overwhelmed by trying to plug holes. The one thing that you can do, the like, you know, to use a, a Star Wars reference because, you know, I'm a big Star Wars guy, the uh, the spot in the Death Star that you yeah. can shoot at.
0: Well, that's appropriate because, as we called it, their stadium's the Death Star, true. right? There you go. Uh,
1: maybe Matt can help me. What's it called, like, the thing that, that they, they shoot in? Ventilation shaft. Po- What's that?
0: Ventilation Vent- shaft. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The ventilation sh- shaft of the Raiders Death Star. Is the quarterback? Is Jimmy? Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I love this take. Jimmy Garoppolo is beatable, right? Like you can, very. you can beat no. Jimmy. But Evan, but Evan, he's a winner. Have you seen his record? So Jimmy uh, is a, his, the game plan against Jimmy is very, very cut and dry, right? Like he, yeah. his, his splits. Whether you want to watch the film or you want to look at the numbers, his his splits tell the story. Pressure, no pressure in breakers, all other routes. If you take away the middle of the field and you pressure the quarterback, he will self-destruct. Yep. Point blank. So in my mind, in this game, it's all about throwing off Jimmy because if you just let him sit back there and you let him throw his digs and his slants and his uh, you know crossing routes and things like that, their weapons are going to move the ball. Their weapons are good. They're going to move the ball. If you get Jimmy to throw up all over himself, then you have a chance. So if I'm the Patriots, I'm game planning Jimmy. I'm pressuring the quarterback.
0: I'm. This is basically what they did last year.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm packing the box in the middle of the field, right? Because that kills two birds with one yeah. stoke to stop the run, and I'm going to take away the middle of the field, and I'm going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat me down the field and outside the numbers. Like that. That's where I'm going to make him beat me. And if he does, you tip your cap and that unfortunately you lost right but that but that's the way that the cookie crumbles uh that that's where I'm at with this Raiders game I think it's winnable I'm not picking the Patriots because they I picked the Patriots the last two weeks for some god only knows what reason and they they embarrass me both times so I'm not taking the Patriots but if I'm the Patriots in this game I worry about how can I I I, Devon, I might not be able to stop Devontae Adams, right? Like I don't right. have Christian Gonzalez, I don't have a, a Darrell Revis, Stefan Gilmore to go out there and stop Devontae Adams. But if the guy who's throwing the ball to Devonte Adams can't get him the ball, then I'm in in good shape.
0: Yeah, I just I, isn't isn't the game plan the same against the Patriots? Yeah, right. And and that's where all right. So you got to pressure the quarterback. You got to take away the number one receiver. You got to take away the middle of the field. Patriots might be better equipped take away the middle of the field with their safeties, but. You're talking about Max Crosby and Marcus Peters versus Josh Uche and J.C. Jackson, essentially. It's Devante Adams, you mean? No, no, no. I'm saying the two guys, if, if both defenses are going to go in uh, with yeah, the yeah, same yeah. thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. who's going to execute their assignments yep. at a higher level. Is it down. Max Crosby and Marcus Peters, or is it Josh Uche and J.C. Jackson? Yeah. And if that's the case, J.C. Jackson Marcus Peters might be kind of close. Interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think Max Crosby takes this game over. I just I just don't see how he doesn't.
1: Okay, so I'm with you. I, I think that's more than fair. Uh, the other kind of big picture matchup thing before we get into the little matchups. Yeah, big picture matchup thing. Uh, this it's funny. Uh, I think Fred put it the other day that normally we talk about like two really good teams and like it's like strength on strength, right? Like it's right. like great offense against great offense or great defense against great defense. This is a weakness on weakness. Okay. So this is basically. A big part of this game to me and who might win this game is who stinks less in this category, the Raiders in man coverage or the Patriots against man coverage. Who doesn't screw the pooch, right? Because the Raiders right now, dead last in the league in most statistics in man coverage as a defense, man-to-man defense. They stink. They're giving up over nine yards per pass attempt in man this season, by far the most in the league. The Patriots are by far the worst man coverage offense in the league. They can't win against man coverage. So who makes more plays? The Raiders defensive backs or the Patriots receivers against man coverage?
0: Well, that kind of goes into mind where I'm I'm curious what it looks like without Juju and and uh, DeMario Douglas, right? Yeah. Juju's a 58% usage rate guy. Douglas is 25, but Douglas is like 10% of all their receiving yards this year Jeez. and just 25% of the snaps. Is it Tyquan? Is it Keyshawn Booty or are you going to get more Jalen Rager? Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me, and Evan, this is probably going to annoy you, but I wonder if we just get a ton of 12. If we just get a ton of 12 personnel with Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker and they're just putting Pharaoh Brown in the game a lot to counter Max Crosby Yeah. instead of having that third receiver on the field with guys banged up. I, I would like to see Kayshaun Booty. I think you probably should see Taquan Thorne a good amount, especially without Douglas because he gives you that speed element. It, there'll be a little bit of all of that but I would not be surprised if we see a ton of 12 in this game essentially just with a six offensive tackle in Farrow Brown
1: I like that I think that that's a big part of this game uh, and, uh like when you talk about what are the scheme tweaks that they can make max protect keep the keep everybody in right right like just seven seven guys in the protection eight guys in the protection whatever you want to call that with the running back uh seven man protect eight man protect play action two-man route combinations not we talked about this a little bit uh, last year a lot of it i should say uh was zappy right like not only does it protect the quarterback but it also simplifies the read for mac he's basically reading one route right so and really more in in, in reality he's really really reading one player and that's the deep safety When the deep safety plays the post he's throwing the crosser the deep safety jumps the crosser he's throwing the post like, it's, it's really the simple as football gets for a quarterback. So, I, I, I would really think that they are going to do a lot of that this week. Whether it's true, they haven't, I don't think they've run a single snap in true six zero line yet. I don't think so. Whether it's true six zero line or it's, you know, 12 personnel and both tight ends stay in and block. Regardless, it, it, that needs to be a part of this game plan. I, moving forward, Yeah, I, I think. In well, I just
0: think you have the perfect opportunity to do it this week with how banged up they are at receiver.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, quickly, uh, key matchups. We kind of mentioned this one already. Uh, Vidarian Lover versus Max Crosby. Oh, yeah, I thought
0: we were already doing this. Sorry, that, 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 that yeah. was one of mine. Yeah, yeah,
1: it kind of is. Uh, Vidarian Lowe, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but Vidarian Lowe against Max Crosby, uh, this, is, this is as big of a mismatch as Micah Parsons was. Like, this is a gigantic, epic mismatch. Uh, I don't really know what the Patriots do other than try to throw waves of bodies at Max Crosby. Again,
0: 12 personnel, Pharaoh Brown.
1: Yeah. It's got to be like Pharaoh Brown, double teams. And if they're passing, then like the back, like goes over there to the, to Crosby's side too. And like, if he gets through the two guys on the double team, then he's got to at least run over a speed bump on the way to the quarterback. Right? Like right. you just have to throw waves and waves and waves of bodies at Max Crosby. And uh, I mentioned this when they played Parsons, like when you, it, it, when it's your turn to chip him, like, like freaking like lay into them a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like, like actually hit them. Uh, you got to make him feel some of that. And you got to maybe even most importantly, like got to make him start looking for it. Right. Like, oh, right. I'm going to get off the ball. Oh, wait, is it coming? Is it not? Right. And then that kind of that split second of indecisiveness that buys you time, too. Uh so you gotta throw ways of bodies at him. You can't leave Vidarian low one on one against him at all, really right. in this game. Uh this is a this is a tough one.
0: Yeah, that that's my top one too. I mean they gotta figure out a way. Again, I think it's Farah Brown probably helps. I think shifting coverage to the right probably helps, but yeah. or shifting, sorry, blocking. Yeah, but then you need, yeah. you you need Trent Brown winning one on one. You need whoever's at left guard winning one on one. That creates its own issues within itself.
1: That's why I probably would expect Riley Reef to play left guard because the, the left side's probably going to be one-on-one. Yeah. And so he's probably your best bet leaving him one-on-one at this Makes point. Makes uh, So I could see that. All right. Uh, number two here. We haven't talked a ton about Jacoby um main reason is is because like i don't want to be taking any victory laps because i was dead wrong about this so i'm not gonna like rag on them as like everybody else is about Jacoby. and like really quickly like not pointing fingers at anybody in particular but if you're like doing the Jacoby victory lap like can we go back to your tweets in march and your articles in march (laughs) like what were you saying about the move back then because i'm not going you know and and i'm trying not to like i'm not i was dead wrong about this too so if you're going to play revisionist history and now all of a sudden fast forward to now, and you're going to write your articles of the Patriots really screwed this one up. Like, well, you know, did you too you know, right. like you probably did. Um, Jacoby versus John Jones, I think is probably going to be the matchup most of the time. Uh, I would ex- expect JC to stay on the, on the perimeter, um, with, uh, with Devonte Adams. Uh, this one's tough. I think John Jones will be fine in coverage on Jacoby. Uh Jacoby obviously is great route runner. Uh good hands, we know Jacoby. Uh the one thing that I would be worried about in this game, what are the odds Josh lets him throw a pass? Ooh. I think it's pretty high. Uh yeah. It depends on what the score is. Like if it's a close game, I don't know with McDaniels. McDaniels trick plays all the time. Uh, yeah, no,
0: that's that's on the table whenever. That's on the table whenever. Um I just it's gonna be just as an observer of the game. It's going to be fun to watch Jacoby Myers and Jonathan Jones, two good players, two players who know each other very well going head-to-head. I think that'll be enjoyable to watch. Um, And this is a big game for Jacoby. You you don't think there's a little extra juice in in this for him. You're kidding yourself. Uh, I am interested to see what he's going to do. Me as well. It's going to be an interesting
1: matchup. All right, uh, last one here. Uh, Whether it's Colton Miller on the left side, Miller will be there at left tackle. Their right tackle situation, I think Illuminor has started over there most of the time, but he's hurt, and then right. Munford's the backup. I, I, either way, whoever's at right tackle, because Colton Miller is a, a pretty solid player. You can rush on Colton Miller, too. But uh, Josh Uche. Josh Uche's got to get after the quarterback a little bit. Like, last week, one hurry. Really wasn't very impactful in that game. Didn't play a ton, but wasn't very impactful. Uh, it needs to be better than that without Judon. They need second half of last year Josh Uche right like that's the right. the player that they need to see I know he's been banged up and, and that could uh, be a factor but if he plays a backup right tackle even if he plays a Luminor who I, I don't really think very highly of uh, he should be able to win that matchup and if they're going to get any sort of pass rush going it needs to come through Josh Uche
0: yeah uh, I'd, I'd agree with that it's we've talked about this for a few weeks now that with Matthew Judon out we're going to see right he had that uh Uche had that great end to the season last year yeah and was it hey he finally figured it out or was it just teams were so over uh compensating for what Judon was doing that he kind of got cut loose now we can see what he does as a number one pass rusher yeah you got anything else yeah Bill versus Josh Uh-oh. Bill Belichick Josh McDaniels just that element of it uh, and it goes to your thing about the trick plays and you know on both sides they're going to have something special in store I thought uh, Josh outcoached Bill last year. Josh's staff outcoached Bill's staff last year, and yeah, it, you know it's a big spot for Bill Belichick, bigger than anybody. I would say bigger than Mac Jones. This is a big yeah. spot for Bill Belichick. We said last week was a big spot. Coming off the worst loss of his career, he did not respond. Does he respond this week?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting matchup. I actually have you know, you know, I love Josh. Yeah, and I, I've actually enjoyed watching um the evolution of his offense in Vegas. Uh, Got a lot of get to lot watch a lot of Vegas because they've played him twice and uh, you know the thing is with him we've all I've kind of always uh, believed that McDaniel's does McDaniel's and the players it's on the players to adapt and fit the system and I think that that's been pretty true in Vegas at quarterback right which is I think a big reason why Derek Carr is not there anymore right but in terms and jimmy of jimmy yeah but in terms of how he's used the personnel i think it has evolved quite a bit like because he didn't have a Devonte adams in new england right so to find ways to get Devonte adams open you're not going to run Devonte adams like you used julian edelman right like that just doesn't right. make any sense uh so i think that they have adapted uh, quite a bit in terms of how they attack down the field and uh, they're still middle of the field offense they're still a gap run team Uh, There's a little bit more Shanahan in there now because of Jimmy, I think, like a little bit more uh, bootlegs and things like that, and like just a little, little, little less uh, fullback. Not not like they haven't ditched it, right? Jakob Johnson's still out there. Yeah, seventeen percent last year. They were at twenty one percent, so it's not a huge difference. Well, they've also been behind more this year. Yeah, and I you know, but against the the Packers, that stood out to me a little bit was that Jakob Johnson's snaps were really just like short yardage and red zone. Uh, when they were in between the 20s uh, they ran a lot of 12 uh, and they have um they have mayor obviously a yeah. tight end and, and they have a hooper too so they yeah. have two tight ends that I think are are capable and uh, they, they've ran it a little bit differently, not a ton differently, but a little bit differently uh, just because of the personnel. So uh, he's adjusted. Uh, they're trying to get the run game going just like the Patriots. Josh Jacobs has not been as good. No. And uh, that's, I think, a big reason why, too, why they've changed some of the blocking schemes and some of the things up front. But uh, that's the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, uh, this is an interesting game. It, it, it's The Raiders are the Raiders. Uh, the, the Patriots are going to know them well. Uh, they're going to know josh well they're going to know patrick graham the defensive coordinator well uh this comes down to to me again uh not to be a broken record but this comes down to effort like this yeah. comes down to want to uh do the patriots want to play hard do they want to be there do they want to get a win and uh the raiders coming off that packers with you know they're still in it i think what they're two or three you know they're, yeah. they're, they're still in it the patriots and uh, maybe not
0: yeah I, that's all, that. I think
1: that's all we got all right uh, on that note, uh, we're gonna wrap it up, and uh, Alex and I will be back next week uh, to preview uh, the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills uh, or the
0: Dolphins? Bills. Is it Bills first? Okay. Bills
1: first. Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, recap this game against the Raiders. Uh, let's just hope the Patriots is it fair to say competitive against the Bills is like a win in this situation. Let's see what happens this week. Yeah, uh, let's see what happens this week. Oh boy! All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks Bye. for thanks for listening.